0: Okay. okay.
1: Good morning and welcome to Bike Talk on Kill Radio, KPFK on the podcast. I'm Colin Bogart, and it is the second Saturday of the month. And what that means dates from the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition and various local L.A. County Bike Coalition chapters from around the county. We have a pretty... Uh, a good show today. We've got. Uh, we're going to start out the program with uh, an extensive update from the uh, Bike Coalition at UCLA, a UCLA chapter of the LACBC. And then in the second hour, we're uh, going to have some other updates from uh, some of the other chapters around the county. We're uh, hoping to hear from Downey, Glendale, and uh, possibly even Pomona Valley Bicycle Coalition. So stay tuned for uh, additional updates in the second hour. Uh, but right now, let's get right to it and uh, t- uh, send it over to the UCLA chapter uh, with uh, Justin Resnick and Madeline Brosden. Here we go.
2: Hi, I'm Justin I'm from the UCLA Bicycle Coalition, and I'm here with my Madeline Brosen.
3: Hi, I'm Maddie Brozen I um, work at UCLA. I'm also an alumni of the UCLA planning program. And now I'm um, research staff at the university, it, managing a Complete Streets research initiative where we do a lot of applied research about bikes and pedestrians and kind of general quality of life for different styles of commuting and placemaking. So really excited to be here on Bike Talk today and talking about all of the different advocacy and research initiatives going on at UCLA because there's really a lot of them right now now?
2: So from my position, I am basically in the shoes uh, that Maddie was in two years ago. And so I'm still working through my coursework in the urban planning department. And it's been an awesome opportunity to get involved with a lot of the bicycle happenings around Los Angeles. So uh, we'll be talking a bit, a bit about some of the advocacy going on with the UCLA Bike Coalition. We'll talk a little bit about individual products we're on and we'll hopefully be calling in here from some of our friends about their experiences as well.
3: So Justin, what's your favorite part about bike culture at UCLA?
2: I think my favorite part is just... All the opportunities and all the different groups of people that are riding around UCLA so you know I'm a graduate student I've kind of been you know drank the kool-aid I've been biking for quite a long time but you've got everything from you know the the kind of racer crowd and really dedicated commuters who come in and shower and change and have their change of clothes dropped off everywhere to the students who live on campus who you know they might have come from Visalia they might have come from San Francisco they might have come from somewhere out of state and they all are we're seeing a lot more bike riding going on around campus.
3: Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, just from the two years ago when I was a student to now, I feel like there's a lot of institutional support on campus going on um, from the transportation department, implementing more bike lanes, looking at really innovative treatments, and then just in terms of the culture. I mean, I know when I was a student, it was kind of difficult because whether you're a graduate student or undergrad, sometimes, you know, there's so many demands on your time. But additionally, like, it's not something that you're going to be a lifer at UCLA when you're a student. You know, maybe some of the PhD students will stick around for a really long time. But, you know, so it's it's kind of hard to get that student coalition really advocacy effort going. And I think, you know, maybe it's your class and then the broadening of the bike coalition beyond just kind of its predecessor, when it was really just kind of students in urban planning, maybe some public policy, but, you know, you've really broadened the audience in terms of who wants to get involved in advocacy, and there's so much going on in the city for the students to get involved in that it's it's, it's a really ripe time.
2: Yeah, that's one of the great things that I've seen just in my less than two years of being involved with the UCLA Bike Coalition is we're getting what used to be kind of, chal- you know, a challenge to try and get people involved and, and really get the ear of some of the campus administrators, and now we're actually having, so we just had recently uh, a mini-conference that both you and I s- spoke at.
3: Yeah, it was, a, it was a really great event. I mean, it was... It was doctors from the medical school, um, it was institutional, it was public health, it was urban planning. It's also the business community in Westwood.
2: Yeah, we had people from all over the university, all, all over the village, and we even had some people come from... Uh, departments in LA City, so we had uh, one of the traffic engineers come up who works on some of the bicycle facilities, so it was a really great event. Uh, This took place on uh, Tuesday, March 5th, and this is the second year we've done one of these, so last year we focused this conference on kind of the sustainability efforts going on around campus, and this year we decided to focus a little more on the health efforts, so we were uh, I was one of the ones who kind of was working to set this event up. I was working with a professor, Dr. Richard Jackson at the university, who is the chair of the, the Department of Environmental Health Sciences. And we and another, grou- another group of students uh, from the, the Bike Coalition, some of whom were from the Urban Planning Department, we had some undergraduate students from the Environmental Sciences As well as a couple other students from the public health school, really, really great effort to get a really diverse crowd of people interested and leaders from around these these groups interested in bicycling and the importance of it in Westwood. So what were some of the things that you took away from the mini conference or some of the factors you really enjoyed?
3: Um, I mean, one of the things I, I, I liked asking, I like asking really hard questions, kind of one of my, my fortes in life. And unfortunately I've asked them to some of my friends, one of, in his thesis committee, luckily he still talks to me. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was really trying to stump, you know, as a bunch of doctors and I thought like, oh, I'll get them on helmets. You know, I'll ask like, what do you think about, you know, helmets? And I assume that I'll say, you know, we need this, it's injury prevention, but, you know, kind of when you understand it, you know, there's this relationship when you have strict helmet laws, less people bike, less people bike, more more safety. So it's this big interconnection. But I was really expecting them to kind of draw this hard line about injury prevention. But they were really knowledgeable and understanding. And they said, you know, it depends on the culture. It depends on your skills. You know, there's they they knew like you know maybe it's just because traveling in europe or whatever that there's other cities that that can do this so you know i think that was one of my big takeaways that i was really impressed by yeah and the other one was from um andrew who's the executive director of the B- westwood business improvement association um it's kind of a group that's had its trials and tribulations over the years and they're really trying to do a lot of stuff to make Westwood more vibrant and see biking as a part of that you know like i think Westwood has this big concern, there's not enough parking, what are you going to change stuff, but they're they're really pushing forward, you know, and then the last couple of weeks, have you seen all the great sidewalk improvements they've been doing throughout yeah, the village?
2: Yeah, definitely. Westwood Boulevard and Westwood Plaza coming straight into the village, uh, they've really, they've widened the sidewalks a lot, it's making more room for pedestrians, making for a much more lively environment, and I think this is really going to take a, a strong step in kind of bringing people back to Westwood. I mean, you know, we've probably, not that we were there at the time, but we've certainly heard of. Uh, Tales of the Days when Westwood was a really, really central social place. You know, people would come from all over just to go hang out and, you know, walk around in Westwood and stuff at night. And I think as you saw things like the Santa Monica Promenade, Third Street Promenade develop in some other areas of town, you know, in Culver City, you saw, you know, a little bit of funneling away from Westwood, but... I really think this is a great opportunity. I think that the you'll, you've actually you've seen some improvement in the businesses moving in. Um, you've got the the new city Target that's there. You've got uh, I was actually just last night uh, at a new brand new Korean restaurant with my girlfriend. Really, really tasty. And so I think this is a really great opportunity. And we're seeing really good leadership from the Westwood Village community towards you know kind of bringing Westwood back.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely a big part of it. It, You know, the UCLA and how the campus integrates with the community, I think, presents kind of a unique challenge that a lot of other parts of the city don't have. I mean, UCLA as a campus is its own city. It's 50,000 people that come to campus every single day um, between students and faculty and staff. And, you know, the, the school has done a great job at making sure people are um, really, you know, transit and ride share and carpooling and now really doing more on bicycling but you have this kind of the where Westwood and the campus is physically located but presents a lot of physical challenges to doing this so it does. you know when you look at like the streets coming in you have sunset and wilshire and you have the country clubs you have this big kind of and then the 405 so it's like <laughs> nestled in these and then kind of very wealthy communities that with a lot of kind of their own not a lot of connectivity to campus so there's a lot of kind of unique challenges so trying to figure out how to do this I mean I don't envy the politicians in the area there's a Certainly lot not. of hard decisions to make so
4: yeah,
3: um, yeah. I, I think that's, that's really interesting you know I've seen that one of the best kind of one of many ways that people have been getting out through campus is down Westwood Boulevard mm-hmm. as it comes right through campus so You know, I'd love to see if there was a bike lane kind of from campus to Wilshire, but there's enough space. You see a lot of people commuting. Then you have a lane that picks up from Wilshire to Santa Monica, but then it drops off. So I think now kind of the Department of Transportation, another thing they talk about at the conference is the rubber's hitting the road. We're kind of out of the easy and fast lanes to do. And now we're trying to look at the different options about north-south routes on the west side. So what, what are the three that they're maybe looking at for alternatives?
2: So, yeah, there were there were four major bike lane projects they were looking at for the west side. Uh, one of them was Avenue of the Stars. Then there's Westwood itself from... Uh, I think it was a Motor up to, up to Santa Monica, it kind of made that connection down to Palms mm-hmm. and towards Venice for a lot of the graduate student community and also in the direction of the Future Expo line, which will be a, a big, big transportation factor for people trying to get to and from campus. Um, and then they were also extending a little further west towards Sepulveda, trying to get bike lanes to continue where they exist in Culver City in L.A. And then lastly was, uh, was Bundy and Sentinella, a little further along over in uh in Bill Rosendahl's district. So, yeah, so you know, Westwood it's a really big important connection for a lot of students and a lot of people who come from Palms and Culver City, which you know, that's where a lot of the a lot of the, the family housing is for UCLA students. That's where a big portion of the the graduate student population comes from. Now I, I I don't know about you. When I'm coming to campus, I'm always coming from points west. I'm coming from Santa Monica. And how, how about you? Where were you coming from so, when you were going? Well, to school? when
3: I when I was in school, I, I live I lived in Westwood. I had like a really easy just shoot up west home, which is kind of a, like a neighborhood residential street. Um, now that I'm staff, I, I wanted a little more uh, space between myself and my workplace. So I've been coming east now from for two years, and it's yeah. been it's been a challenge. I mean, I was in Koreatown. And now I'm kind of in South Mid-City. And... I usually, kind of my preferred way was to take the bus in and then bike out. Um, just, I mean, yeah, it's it's uphill. I, I don't know, the public affairs building is in this, like the highest point on campus, it yeah. feels like. So, <laughs> sometimes at 830 in the morning my leg just don't want to do that time. <laughs> yeah, um, my,
2: my classic joke with people is when they say, hey, how are you? I say, oh, you know, sweaty and out of breath. Usually. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> usual. But you have like
3: the biker glow and yeah. there's usually <laughs> exactly. enough free food to like help out, you know, exactly. your ravenous appetite Make around campus. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, but, but the route's going east. I mean, there's definitely a kind of, I've figured out ways over time, but it, it's been difficult. And, you know, if, if I'm going, the more frustrating thing is I think of people that, like, if I'm going to West Hollywood or Hollywood kind of northeast of campus, that's where it gets really frustrating because things are so close, but you have, like, sunset's the only way to go. And I just it get really annoyed about having to go out of my way on a bike. I mean, yep. I'll do it a little bit. Yeah but i have never figured out a good way from to get to like west hollywood yeah. which is right next to campus
2: so okay so this this brings up an interesting point you know what's your take on the idea of trying to put trying to put bike lane infrastructure in to steer cyclists on the routes you think are going to be the most safe and stuff but yeah you know when i come in like to this morning when i rode from santa monica to campus you know i took i took wilshire you want to know why? Because it's a straight shot. Yeah,
3: I mean, I I had a work event on the west side Sunday night, and I was I was really tired. I was hoping to catch the bus home, but I knew that 7:20 bike the bike it just never space. I should yep. know this. One morning, I waited for five buses to oh get bike God. space. And you know, so I was like, whatever. I look at next trip, 17 minutes. I'm not gonna wait 17 minutes for a bus no when way. I have my bike. Yep. So I did, yeah. I did Wilshire to Santa Monica to Melrose. I mean, it was late, and so there really wasn't people on the road, but it was so direct. I got yep. there so quickly. I mean, I was like, huh. They usually kind of meander, go this other way. I mean, it's nice. It's very yeah. pleasant probably has a lower stress level. Yep. But I don't know. There's this big trade off that we're yeah. to make.
2: And so it was interesting. When I was out in D.C. back in January at the Transportation Research Board Conference or the, the Pocket Protector Society of America, as I like to refer 14, to it.
3: 14,000 transportation planners, engineers, pavement, whatever you could ever think about transportation. Nerds. From aviation. <laughs> this is a pretty big nerd event. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Yeah.
2: <laughs> luckily, we nerd out on this stuff, so it's fine for us. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. You know there were, there were some people talking about how the movement among cities to get bike lanes down, that's great. But when you try to put them you know, in, the, in the places where you can kind of squeeze them down neighborhood streets and say, oh, yeah, it's a block or two out of the way, but this is something that be, will be nice. Now, it certainly it is probably great for those people who, who aren't on the road yet. You know, the, the kind of group that we call the sort of interested but concerned yeah. bicyclists. It's, you know, it probably is a great way to get some of those folks out. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's where I started way back when. I haven't been riding my bike for commuting since college, but I mean, how about you?
3: Yeah, so I think, you know, we, I know we, we share an akin from growing up in the Midwest and, and really knowing, you know, you have this great network. So I've I've been, you know, biking most of my life. I grew up in Minneapolis. We, you know, we overtook Portland for Best Bike City. It was great. Um, but so I, I'm really, I'm fairly confident in that. And but it's not really the population and in terms of infrastructure and spending if we want to start making these arguments you know that as a researcher i kind of get a little concerned people like oh biking is you know going to solve the obesity crisis and you know it's most cost efficient like the more you know and research these things you know they're more complicated so i don't know if biking is going to solve the u.s health epidemic in terms of obesity but i do know that the there's a Fairly small amount of people that bicycle right now, um, you know, it's maybe 1% for commuting. It's more than that because you bike more for non, non-commute non trips. Um, but if we really want to start making a priority, and I think as advocates and, and professionals figuring out how to do this better, we're going to need a larger constituency.
0: Yeah.
3: Which is going to need those neighborhood streets. So that, Definitely. You know, and, and – there's, you know, the whole kind of 880. If you're going to plan things for people at their 8 and 80 years old, you're going to catch everyone in between. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, if you talk about we both bike Wilshire, there's no infrastructure in Wilshire. If there was infrastructure in Wilshire, it wouldn't make a difference to us. Yep. So are we the target audience for who's going on in bike planning is the question. That's
2: exactly right. And that's one of the tricky parts, you know, is being an urban planner, you know, again, being one who who drank the Kool-Aid and as as I think uh, Professor Don Shoup likes to joke You know, you invariably get into this field because you want to in some way be able to control people's lives or fix some problems that you see that, you know, some people do and don't want. But, you know, that's one of the challenges there is. Um, But so... You know, we're not always planning for ourselves. And that is one of the difficult things. You know, I, yeah, I'll ride down Wilshire and I, you know, I don't do it all the time. You know, when it's, if I, not that I often get to leave campus by, before, you know, 10 p.m., usually staying out pretty late. But if I, you know, if I do and I'm going to go back to Santa Monica, yeah, if it's earlier than nine, I usually don't take mm-hmm. Wilshire, you know, that area by the four or five. Okay. We'll get to that in a little bit, but man, a billion dollar project. <laughs> oh my Lord. So, but anyway, if it's, if it's, if it's kind of early and there's still a lot of traffic out there, I'll go a different route, but you know, if it's after 930, I'm fine going through there, but again, it's not something I recommend to new transplants to LA. It's not something I tell my friends to do. And so, how do we how do we deal with this? How do we deal with kind of removing our own experience, which is what we can relate to so much mm-hmm. in trying to plan these solutions?
3: So, I mean, what are you hearing from the kind of this broader crowd that you're bringing into the Bike Coalition as you're kind of doing efforts around advocacy in in the neighborhood in Westwood? What what are these people that are not you and I? What are they saying about their feelings of safety around campus?
2: So I you know I hear a varied perspective from from people you know I get everything from the kind of you know the people who the residents uh, either who Live on campus, some of the undergrads live right on campus, or people who live in Westwood right nearby. And for them, especially people who don't cross Wilshire, they say, "Oh yeah, it's easy. You know, I just kind of roll down the hill, or from you know the the uh, from the undergrad dorms, and you know find my way around." And so for them, you know, the, the complaints I hear most are, "Man, that hill! Just getting up to the east side of campus." Which again, if you have not ridden on UCLA's campus, uh, you know you can do it, but you kind of have to want it. <laughs> But then you certainly have a varied experience from commuters uh, that are coming from outside the campus. So... People who come from kind of West LA and, and and points west in Santa Monica generally pretty good experience. You have people there's Ohio, which is a really good route to kind of get across. Uh, and in fact, I live on I live on Arizona, which is you know right which connects straight away through Santa Monica um, to Ohio when you get into LA. Super nice route. Uh, it's you know kind of quiet neighborhood streets goes past a couple schools, but it's real nice. Um, my roommate sometimes will take Broadway, which is is super flat, which is nice. So, you know, if you kind of want to get your hill repeats in, you take Arizona. Uh, and, yeah, you know, so my roommate and I, we both bike commute in. Uh, Jamie, you know, she was, came from Chicago and had biked a fair bit there. And so, you know, I've, I, I think I've taken her home on Wilshire a couple times, you know, for both leaving kind of late. And it's, it's a super smooth ride. You know, you hit all the lights. It's pretty nice. But, yeah, other times you definitely just get people saying, yeah, you know, I pick my routes. I learn my way. So it generally works out well. And I do hear from a few brave souls who come all the way out from, yeah, downtown, Koreatown, or Silver Lake. And uh, actually, there's a staff member, one of your coworkers, who is telling me she rides in from. West Hollywood, uh, Yasmin, and she was saying, actually, this, you know, I had not thought of doing this, but you know, there's once you when you want to get through kind of the Beverly Hills area, a lot of people take Carmelita Mm -hmm. to get around the big Santa Monica, North Santa Monica Boulevard, which is pretty busy. And then you get to the point where big Santa Monica and Wilshire intersect and you kind of look at yourself and say, man, if I could take Wilshire, it's a pretty straight shot to campus but have you ever ridden that stretch before uh,
3: I actually ride I, I that's a little bit that I can get because I'll, I'll come down like uh, through from the hill and I was like okay it's just like it's like five minutes on Wilshire and uh-huh. that part it's widened I don't I actually don't mind it but yeah. it's not me that I'm planning for so I have ride that stretch right. <laughs> yes
2: I'll tell you I've done it a couple times and even even these days I oftentimes continue on Santa Monica and I say well I'm gonna jog away south and I'll be a little out of the way but but yeah I've been on Wilshire a couple Time has been pretty busy, and so uh, so Yasmin was telling me that she actually just takes the sidewalk there. Yeah, and I the mean, funny thing was, she said that it's great because no one's ever walking. Yeah, there no anyway. one's. I mean, it's
3: it's a sidewalk <laughs> in front of a country club. I mean, so it, it always kind of is is one of those opportunity sites. Like if yeah. this was just like if you know you could use some different materials, you know, and it's pretty wide. I mean, there's the kind of this is the idea as a graduate student, you get to kind of uh, fantasize and think about like, well, what if? And and that's a really I think that's a prime opportunity. But yeah, you know she's someone that hasn't really been biking. She's been getting into it, and hearing those concerns are are really interesting. And you know she's very committed to doing it, which is great. Um, but yeah, there's the the east side routes are just a little bit more difficult. So you know, but if you and then it becomes this thing. Like, do you go south and then come up Wilshire? It's it's
2: yeah. It's definitely a tough choice. So, uh, Anyway, you touched on something a minute ago that I thought was kind of interesting. you kind of using different materials or other kind of so- creative solutions that we could potentially try and use to improve roots. So now, where have you seen some of these before? Has this been in travels? Has it been um... in the U.S.? Or has it been while you've been outside the country?
3: I'm um, trying to remember. I mean, yeah. So when I when I finished my graduate school, I wanted to kind of check out um, a lot of different parts of Europe that I had never been to. Saw so cycle tracks in Amsterdam. They were really great. Um, but the, you know, and and also in Germany, the interesting thing was, you know, I was one of um, I was meeting with a friend who lived there. He says, oh, "Watch out! You know, this this is a bike lane. You're going to get belled at." Which <laughs> <laughs> is a new phenomenon. And we thought about like, well, we're not going to get honked at. We're going to get Belled at.
0: Um, <laughs> Or worse, I don't know. Um,
3: yeah, but also just in Minneapolis, there's so many water features that I kind of know that there's like ver- the, just the smoothness of nice asphalt.
2: Yeah. So Fresh tarmac.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> if like that was, you know, rather than being concrete, which even like even a sidewalk, it gets all like clunky. Some days I think about this. I don't know. This is one of my many mapping project ideas. Yeah. So I want to know what streets in LA that I like to bike on are made of concrete versus asphalt. Because those concrete ones, they crack. There's huge gapes and they're just the pavement condition isn't as good. Versus the asphalt ones, I mean there might be a pothole, but it's not like clunk, 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 yeah. clunk, you know. So yeah, I mean, I think that's just that's that's the part of the nerd in me of knowing like what <laughs> what materials could be really good in places. Yeah, let's go and, back
2: to uh, let's go back to DC. And we'll ask about the the concrete asphalt, you know, ratio mixes and all that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting nerdier by the minute. Don't
3: yeah, boy? right. So I mean, you know, there's a lot there's a lot of ideas, and I, and I think there's a lot of interest. I think did the bike coalition, the UCLA bike coalition, brought a lot of people in partnership with the LACBC to a ride lo- looking at Westwood Boulevard. So kind of, I mean. What was the interest in that, and how did that
2: ride go, and where did you go? Yeah, so that was a big outreach effort that was actually, it was generously funded by the Healthy Campus Initiative.
3: So what, can you explain a little bit about what that is?
2: Yeah, so the Healthy Campus Initiative is a a big push by UCLA students, researchers, administrators, and professors really trying to make UCLA, as they like to say, they want to be the healthiest campus in America.
0: Okay. And,
2: uh, you know, I'm not going to say that that's a goal anyone can necessarily meet, but it's a great competition to to have because it means that everyone's going to be doing things better. So, you know, if we never get there, I'm I'm okay with that, as long as (laughs) we keep trying. And so that is, yeah, it's an effort from all, all over campus. We've got some people that are focusing on the built environment we've got some people focusing on, on sleep and mental health we've got some focused on exercise and nutrition so a bunch of different factors that fit into into a healthy lifestyle that's you know not, not just important you know in general but especially when you're you know when you're a student when you're you know taking those sleepless nights to get your work done you really do need to have as much balance as you can in other aspects of your life i'm sure you remember those days well, yeah
3: i mean but also i mean the the campus has such an interest i mean as you know i think there probably are more faculty and staff than there are students and the campus as as their employees has an interest in their employees being as healthy as possible because it's less health care costs to That's the whole right. system so it's not just about like making sure that students aren't you know sleeping in corners that it can figure <laughs> this out but it's it's an investment in the staff and it's a, it's a staff retention issue in terms of like wow there's all these services i mean um, so, you know, it's not, it's, it's about meeting the needs for everyone on campus and making sure everyone's healthy. Cause it's, it's, it's a financial reason. It's just a being. And so, I mean, I think that there's a lot of ideas and I, you know, I'm glad to see that they've been supporting the bicycle efforts.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's a little bit about the healthy campus initiative, which again, has been really, really great to work with. And so what we, what we did with the, the coalition is we kind of, we've been attending some of the, of LACBC's neighborhood bicycle ambassador meetings they have a sector on the west side to focus on the west side bike lane project we were talking about earlier and we basically came to lacbc and said okay you know we've got some funding to help support these efforts that we want to make for the ucla population and we you know worked through it and, and chose westwood and said this is a key corridor for biking to ucla this is something that will benefit Students, faculty, staff, visitors, anyone who, who's going to come to UCLA, who's going to be interested in doing so on bike, uh, whether they already are riding a lot or whether they're going to think about it when other, like the Expo Line or Bike Share, which we'll get to later, comes up. And so... What we did was, we basically said, All right, we need to, who are all the people we need to talk to? You know, obviously, the Westwood is, Boulevard is located in Council District 5, which is under Councilman Coretz. And so we knew we needed to be reaching out to him and his office and to the businesses in the area, to the residents. And so we had a very dedicated group of people who would meet every month. It was a mix of students, some LACBC staff. We had some other residents of the area. Uh, We had some people who were working on um, other aspects of the neighborhood, such as the Expo Greenway. And we had everybody come together and just kind of put our heads together and say, okay, who do we need to reach out to, and what can we do? And so the kind of end result was we you know, collected a list of all the, the contacts we could get, and we put together a big one-day ride, and we called it Ride Westwood. And we basically, you know, we were able to get breakfast for everybody, so we all met up on kind of the, the southern end of campus, right at the top of Westwood, where, you know, we hope that one day the, the bike lane will go all the way up through Westwood Plaza and welcome you to the campus. We had a breakfast and a meet-and-greet there. And I'll tell you, we had, I think it was estimated 120 people.
3: Oh, that's a really big group.
2: Came out. It was great. You had everybody from, you know, some of the the dedicated UCLA commuters. Um, You had people on there, you know, they're kind of... There are bikes that can carry everything, you know. their are pannier bags and all the commuter stuff and their gizmos. You had, you know, people from a couple people from the the cycling team who wanted to come out and support, um, and then you had just community members who, you know, people who live in Westwood with their coming with their kids and their families who support bicycling in their neighborhood. And so it was great. So we met up, we ate some breakfast, and you know, we kind of had a nice little rally for you know getting excited about bicycling in in Westwood. And then yeah, we rolled down to r- essentially ride the what could be the future route if we get this bike lane in place and so we went down to a community center we were able to have again an opportunity to meet up with some some more kind of neighborhood folks who maybe didn't want to ride the whole ride with us which was a good I think it was about eight miles in total so it's a pretty good distance you know there's some people who you know maybe aren't connected directly with UCLA so for them it made sense to meet up a little further south and so yeah it was a really great event we had uh, had a nice ride we got support from uh, what was the name of the pizza restaurant shoot now I'm forgetting it we had support from, from um, the new one? yeah the
3: 800 degrees oh. not not 800
2: degrees
3: anyways, well, anyways so yeah. we had
2: we had great support from one of the local restaurants and so yeah we went to one of the community centers we had lunch we had everybody hanging out having a good time and yeah we rolled straight back up west of boulevard you know we had a big old mass of us in you know for a time when we were further north in the bike lane but further south taking up the space that could be bike lane in the future. And so that's what's so important, is showing to the businesses, showing to the community around there, and just showing to drivers along that stretch, like look, you know, it's not that much space that we need to get here, and it really can encourage a lot of bicyclists, like the 120 of us, to ride more frequently.
3: Mm-hmm. And I think this, this was a, in advance of the community meeting about, about these prefer, the different alternatives. That's right. So how I, I heard that there was a little bit of a tension going on. There was kind of two sides of this, which is um, not uncommon to Westwood in terms of kind of the student and younger and maybe a little bit more progressive and kind of the more... Typical West Side, very concerned about congestion and parking. Apologize for the stereotype, but that's kind of that's <laughs> that's the impression that I got. that There were these kind of two diverse groups. So was that the case? And and so who were the kind of the constituents and groups that came out to the stakeholder meeting?
2: Yes, the the public the public meeting was uh, it was it was a, it was a good one, and it was funny because you when you were, when I, when I arrived at least I had a, you know come with a group from UCLA also, and uh, you know we kind of all looked around the room and just went and sat down somewhere. We didn't quite realize that you know you had you had two pretty clear sides of the room. Coming from different sides of the of the arguments, uh, you know, I guess you just sit with, by people you know and say hello. So it kind of naturally formed, uh, and so yeah, it was it was definitely contentious at times. Uh, there were <laughs> there was, you know, the the city staff did a great job of. Uh, you know, keeping things going and trying to you know make sure that everybody's comments were heard because that's again that's the most important part. And uh, but yeah, there were a few times you heard some hissing from some sides of the room. You heard some booing and some yelling and some clapping and some cheering, which was good. Depending you know on which side of the the eye you, you, you were sitting on. Um, but what was really interesting was actually hearing from the community members who you know came there with without really having a side yet. The people who just came out and said, I, you know, I've heard about this, and, you know, I, I hear it's kind of a big deal, so maybe I should come and listen in. And so that was where I think was most interesting, and that was where I think those are the folks that the city staff were really listening for. You know, they know that there are groups out there on both sides who kind of rallied the troops and said, you know, all right, we need to get, get up and support this. But there were there were some community members who said, you know, I am, I'd either have lived here for a while, and my kids and I live, you know, in one of these neighborhoods – Or I've moved here recently and I'm just kind of, you know, wondering what my community feels like about about these issues. And, And what I think some people, some of these members, community members says, you know, I'm really, it's kind of disappointing to see just the sort of vitriol between you know, between two sides of the community I'm in, you know, I'd like to like to be able to think that we can all kind of get along. And so I think what was interesting was you, you had, for the most part, I would say, on the the bicycle side of the room, people saying, you know, this is kind of recognizing, this is a challenge. And we know it's not going to be easy, but we'd like to make something work. The other side, not always as flexible.
3: Yeah, and I, I think that's just kind of the harder part, is that the, that's the job of these public meetings is to le- listen to the constituents. And... You know that there was um, kind of in the blogosphere I was reading. It was the the housing size was kind of safety versus convenience, and and that's not you know it's not not a great battle to have because there's very a lot of diverse opinions and ideas, and you know how how there's going to be best solved is still kind of a question. I mean, it is a really there's a lot going on in that area. I mean, you have so many big blue bus lines yep. they come right up to campus. Um, you know, there there are still probably, you know, emergency access issues, that you have the big hospital complex and it's it's not it's not an easy decision for anyone to make. So yep.
0: we'll
3: kind of see where it goes. I think that they're still kind of listening. I was, you know, a little disappointed that I think the council office is supporting the Sepulveda alternative, which to me is is very out of the way and doesn't really have anything to do with access to campus.
2: Yeah, it doesn't do a lot for us at UCLA, and you think about it, I mean, it's, I think for some people, maybe trying to get you know, up from Culver City, there are stretches of that that'll make a lot of sense, but, I don't know, thinking about Sepulveda, you, most people probably think of that as the alternative to the 405.
3: Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, you can just take Sepulveda when the 405 goes black. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not it's not pleasant, it's not attractive. I mean, that's kind of one of the things that I've liked so much about about bike commuting and riding, is that there's just, just seeing stuff that, that you, that are, you know, architecture and businesses and, you know, a lot of the different new improvements and the sides and all that type of thing, that it's really, you know, Sepulveda just isn't that attractive. It doesn't really have that kind of interest level going on, or does it feel very safe? Because in areas where you really don't have a lot of land use to slow people down, people are just going to speed through because that's what freeways are.
2: Yep. So So that kind of brings us to uh, a point that I think about, which is, you know, some of the, the best and worst of the bike commuting and sort of the, the wows and the woes. And so when, I think we'll take a short break, and then we'll come back for our, our best and worst of bike commutes. Sounds good. Alright, so welcome back. Here we are on Bike Talk. Uh, I'm Justin Resnick from the UCLA Bike Coalition representing UCLA and I'm here with
3: I'm with uh, Maddie Brozen, and I work at UCLA as research staff for the Complete Streets Initiative. I think we're going to hear about some woes and wonders, what what we're calling it.
4: I think we're
2: going to go with the wows and woes. Wows
3: and woes. Okay. For this one. About bike commuting around to UCLA? or? Uh, We're going to have a little bit from elsewhere
2: around the city, and then also a little bit to UCLA about some of the, the best and worst of your bike commute. So we've got on the line with us, uh, we've got Lars from the Downey Bicycle Coalition. So Lars, you, are you here with us?
5: Yes, I'm delighted to be here. Um, if uh, Let me tell you a little bit about my biking experience. I'm not really a long-term bicyclist. I started riding bicycles mostly around Downey uh, just for local commutes when I retired for a period a couple of years ago, but I came out of retirement and decided it might be kinda nice to commute to my old workplace on bicycle, which is in Culver City. So, um, I uh, kinda worked up to it. My first tryout, it was before I actually went back to work last year on Bike to Work Day. I, I gave it a shot just for the experience, and then when I uh, sometime, in, I think late fall or winter, I started doing it, and I've probably not done it more than 20 or 24 times total, but, um, I, I have this tremendous ride across town, usually in the dark of night because my work starts at 7.30 in the morning, um, and then generally I'm, I'm riding home the same distance um, by 3 or 4 in the afternoon, and it's about a 35-mile round trip, and it's, it's kind of divides itself in thirds. Uh, the first third, leaving Downey kind of through back. Residential and industrial streets. I get into Vernon and I follow a railroad, uh, a parallel street to a railroad where there's very few cross, uh, cross streets and passing lanes and even though there's some truck traffic, there's all kinds of space. Then I get into East LA for a little while and then I pick up, um, uh, the, a westerly route to Culver City at USC. Um, where I've got bike lanes the last third of the ride.
2: Great. So now, what does that stretch from USC to Culver City? What do you? What's that stretch you like to
5: take? Um, I'm taking Exposition Boulevard most of the way because uh, it runs parallel with the new Expo line, and as part of the improvements, the infrastructure improvements they put in with the Expo line, they've got bicycle lanes both both directions, uh, petering out. At, I think it's Rickenbacker Square, just before USC, and basically going all the way to La Cienega in Culver City. There's one job from Exposition Boulevard up to um, Pico Boulevard,
2: yep. I
0: think it
5: is. Um, and so I've got bike lanes that, that third of the ride.
2: So um, how, how has that changed? Have, have the bike lanes helped you feel you know more ready to ride, more confident in that stretch? Because they're pretty favorite, recent things.
5: Um, there's, um, I mean, the bike lanes are not perfect because they're, as I'm sure all your listeners know, bike lanes kind of share the asphalt and the concrete of the curb structure and you're trying to stay on the smoothest part and there's inevitably a few things in the curb but the lanes add a lot and in fact during the I would say maybe it's four or five months I've done it on a, at most, I would say a semi regular basis. They've actually added another mile of bike lanes in LA City proper on Jefferson Boulevard as you kind of head, um, west to, uh, Figueroa. So the bike lanes are a pretty strong source, source of comfort because you, for me, I have the feeling that, that drivers know, you know, are, are conscious of, of the fact that that is for bicyclists. Now that said, um, I've almost never come across any discourteous drivers since I've been doing this. They give me a wide berth on those industrial streets. Um, they're courteous everywhere. The biggest downside of that commute is there's so many lights going west on Exposition, and there's no there's no no way a cyclist has. Access to changing the lights, other than jumping off and you know hitting and uh, hitting the sidewalk for the pedestrian signals.
3: Well, yeah, that's that's really great to hear. I mean, I, I wish more people kind of had that. No complaints about bike commuting, but I, I think it's kind of a showing a bit of the changing culture in, in the LA bike scene. Have you noticed any like more riders out or any kind of changes just over time um, on, since you've been doing this commute? Um. At, uh,
5: at 5 to 6.30 in the morning when I'm out there, there aren't too many folks out there. <laughs> I would be. Yeah, um, I, could, I could see that. At, at 3 and 4 in the afternoon, I, I will say there have been a couple of times then... I mean, there rarely have I been near other cyclists for anything more than a few seconds, but there have been a couple of times when I was... <laughs> riding along with three or four other riders and each of us obviously had different kinds of agenda. I mean <laughs>
0: that
5: that's that stretch of lane that goes um that goes from USC to um to Culver City. That goes down into the Bologna C- Creek Res- Reservoir. So you can You can go the rest of the way to the beach, and there's a lot of, you know, hardcore recreational cyclists all decked out in the right kind of gear who are taking those. And I'll see those sometimes early and sometimes late. Um, I wouldn't say I've seen a trend, but there's definitely... there's definitely some traffic out there. Yeah. Now, since we're talking about wows and woes, I'm still way in the wow category. But once in a while, it's a real annoyance to see some neighborhood bicyclist on the left side of the left left hand side of the street, and that's kind of a that's a disappointment.
3: You, you mean kind of wrong way riding on the streets? Yeah. Or,
5: yeah. They're riding in the lanes, but they're riding opposite. You know, illegally opposite my riding on the on the on the right hand side of the street they're riding on the left hand in the bicycle lane hmm. so there's some ignorance out there
3: yeah you know i think there's a lot of educational opportunities for kind of improving that well you know we hope that you you stay in the in the wondrous in the, in the wow category and you know thanks, thanks. for sharing such a, a great bike commute story
5: okay it's a pleasure and it, it, it's been fun it's an adrenaline rush morning and afternoon it makes it worth going to work it's, it's great
3: stuff. Well, great. Thanks so much, Lars. Thanks, um, Lars. Yeah, I think we're going to take another call from now a UCLA bike commuter. Hey, um, so, thanks. Pleasure to talk with you. Yeah, thanks so much, Lars.
2: Bye. All right, so jumping over to, uh, to Dan Robin. Dan, are you there with us?
6: Yeah, can you hear me?
3: Yeah, hi, Dan. How are you doing tonight?
6: I'm good tonight. How are you doing?
3: Good. So you want to introduce yourself and kind of your associations with what do you do at, at UCLA and, and how long you have been riding?
6: Sure. So, um, well, I've been riding my bike since I was a, a we-taught. Um, I grew up in a town where we, um, we all rode our bikes to school. It was a very, very small suburban town. Um, so I kind of, you know, fell out of riding my bike in high school because I wanted to be a cool kid with my you know, manual stick car. And then uh, when I moved to New York City, I got back into riding bikes. Um, so I've been in L.A. for a few years now, and uh, I'm at planning school at UCLA. So um, most days I, I bike commute to UCLA. Um, if I'm not biking, usually taking the bus, and every once in a while I drive. But uh, um, I'm lucky. I have a very easy bike commute. Um, it's pretty much all on neighborhood streets, and the streets that aren't neighborhood, they either have lanes or uh, they have shadows. And so um, kind of like the previous color, you know, I, I, I feel lucky. I don't have any really bad experiences. It's a nice ride. It's all uphill, so I get a good workout, and it's all downhill on the way home, which is quite nice.
3: Yeah, so so Justin and I were kind of talking earlier about, you know, that there's kind of a push and pull between neighborhood streets and arterials in terms of how direct, you know, how, do you do you go out of your way to take neighborhood streets in your commute?
6: So, I'm I just live in a place where the most direct route for me actually is on neighborhood streets, and if I were to take arterials, I would actually go out of my way. Now, sometimes, you know, if I'm on the other side of campus, I have to take arterials home or or, or something, and that's not as enjoyable. But um, you know, I've been I've been riding a long time, and I feel kind of tempered against traffic. So, um, so exactly. where are you
2: coming from? And where are you coming from? And then when you're going to UCLA, most times, Dan, what's oh, your route?
6: Yeah, so I I was in Palms, and uh, I take um, Motor uh, Motor Avenue North, which has a brand new, really nice bike lane, um, and then I cut through some neighborhood streets in Chevy Hills, uh, and I wind up on a street called Prosser, which is good because it has lights across Pico and Olympic and the uh, light at Santa Monica. And on the other side of Santa Monica, it turns into a street called Westholm, And Westholm has um, roundabouts and sharrows, and uh, cyclists may use full lane signs, and so it's, it's really nice and easy. It takes me almost exactly where I need to go on campus.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you've got the pretty idyllic commute. Did,
3: did you did you do a bike map to figure out where you wanted to rent your apartment by campus? Oh, no,
6: I, I didn't. It actually just worked out this way, lucky. I, my roommate and I are were both kind of bike commuters, and so we knew that Palms would be a good neighborhood for us to live in, um, but uh, not, you know, no no farther down than than neighborhood-wise. We didn't look at specific intersections or or specific sections of Palms.
3: Well, glad it worked out so well. I mean, is this your experience kind of biking? You know, it sounds like you're someone that really bikes a lot kind of as their mode of transportation. Do you find that kind of the same experience along other streets in Los Angeles, or is this kind of more specific, or, you know, do you just end up lucky? What what do you think?
6: Well, I, I think I've been lucky. I... I I feel pretty confident in my riding ability, and I don't feel like I take very many chances. And, and so I think that's maybe one of the reasons that I've had pretty much nothing but good experiences. You know, every once in a while I get an, an ignorant motorist. Uh, excuse me. Every once in a while I get an ignorant motorist, but, you know, there are lots of ignorant cyclists out there, too. So just gotta just got to live with humanity, basically.
2: <laughs> take the good with the bad.
6: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So,
2: do you have uh, do you have any particular stories uh, other than your average commute? The kind of the, the best and the worst, some of the things you that really stick out in your mind about your bike commuting around between whether it be to campus or just kind of around your neighborhood.
6: Well, I you know I sometimes I, I leave campus and I go over to Mar Vista or Venice and I, I take Ohio to Barrington and it always feels really good to go past all the cars that are in line. And know that I'm going to get to my destination faster than all of them, even though you know that's not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> um, so that's really satisfying, and uh, and uh, I just I like that feeling of, of seeing those windows rush by me on my uh, on my left side.
3: How how, how often do you choke back saying "suckers" saw them as they're sitting in traffic?
6: I <laughs> uh, usually don't say it, but. Uh, <laughs>
3: So it's a polite cyclist of course
6: yeah, yeah
2: and so dan you've also you've done some work with uh, with a bike shop down in the kind of Marvis area you want to talk a little bit about, a little bit about that
6: yeah so I'm a volunteer at a bike cooperative called the microwave uh, like microwave but microwave um, and so we are a community based uh, teaching shop um, people who want to work on their bikes or maybe, you know, if they need to tune up, they can come in and uh, we ask for $7 hourly rate. And in return, they get a volunteer mechanic, um, a repair stand, and all the tools that a professional shop has. And so uh, if people have things that they want to work on, the volunteers will take the patrons through whatever that that is. So, you know, we, I feel like I, I see this kind of experience where someone will come in with their bike and they're like, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's not really working right. And then, uh, we go like, Oh, okay. Well, you got your wheel or we got to recable your brakes. And, um, and then like an hour later, they, they are leaving with a huge smile on their face and they can't believe that it was so easy to fix. Uh, customers are, are really happy with the chance to learn to do something for themselves on their bicycle. Um, most bike maintenance is actually deceptively easy and simple. You just need someone who is educated to be able to explain it to you. So, um, you know, you could pay $50 to have a shop work on your bike and not learn anything about it, or you could come to us and pay $7, and um, you would get to learn all the skills for yourself.
3: It's a pretty good sales pitch for our community bike co-ops there.
6: Yeah, so- it's awesome.
2: Everyone's so now, Dan, it sounds like you've uh, you kind of become the mechanical whiz. So what? How did you get there? Did you learn your learn the ropes of bike rave yourself, or did you have experience before you got there?
6: I had a little experience. Um, I uh, I would kind of how do I say this? Rescue abandoned bikes from the streets of New York when I was living there, and uh, and I would recondition them. And so I learned a lot that way. Um, and then when I moved to Los Angeles, I started volunteering there, and I learned a lot, a lot more there. So, um, yeah, if anyone out there has a French bike and they are really confused about how to work on it, I can totally help you out with that. Come by All right.
2: There. Well, Dan, Robin, thank you very much. We're going to bring you and Bike Wave all the tough ones. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much for sharing with us your, your wows and your woes. It sounds like it's been mostly wows for you. That's good to hear. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, Dan. Take care.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's so, it's so encouraging to see people that are so interested, you know, like and very anecdotally, you know, I just feel like there's been a lot more people bike riding and um, I'm kind of a prolific tweeter myself. And uh, so, you know, I, I've i been, I kind of composed tweets when I was biking, but I then I get home and I'm so excited. I'm not going to do it. But like on Thursday night, I was biking home and I saw four other cyclists kind of on fairly major thoroughfares and third of them did like a vehicular level. Left hand turn, you know, it was just kind of a a note of that people are getting more confident about cycling, that, you know, it doesn't have to be on every big street, but that it was just, it just feels like there's more people. Yeah. You
2: know? Yeah, you're definitely seeing more folks out now. And, Maddie, you just re- described some of the, the vehicular left turn. So, now, do left you know, do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about what that means in, so, in bike nerd speak?
3: Yeah, <laughs> in bike nerd speak. Um, you know, that there's kind of, as if you're wanting to make. Uh, left-hand turn. Let's say you know you're you're going you're you're riding on Seventh uh, Street and, and you want to a, a turn onto Kingsley or some some street. Well, you know if if you're think about if you're a pedestrian, so you're walking, you're gonna take the sidewalk, you're gonna get to the corner, you'll cross one leg of the crosswalk, and then you'll wait, and you'll cross again. Well, if you think about how a car would do it, it would just get in the most left-hand lane and make a left-hand turn, only be able to do that kind of in one motion. Well, you know, I think that's kind of a sign of, of strong, confident cyclists is making that turn like you're in a car. So you have to really get ready, check over your shoulder, and make sure you're signaling so cars know that you're going to be going into that left-hand lane, and then just making that turn so you're not interfering with pedestrians on the sidewalk, you know, you're being more direct and fast uh, and easy. Yeah, it's it's really you know it's about is having the confidence to do it. And when I saw other people do it, I saw two women do it. Um, you know, it was just it was just fascinating. You know, because um, you know when women are kind of a an indicator for how safe people really feel when they're biking. So um, I think the more when we're seeing women that are cycling around, it's kind of one of the signals that. Uh, things are are getting kind of safe so you know that i could see not just women biking but women that were biking and doing that kind of in a confident way was was really exciting
2: yeah that's great so uh, i think we actually have one more caller that's joined us so let's see if megan is here let's see megan can you hear us Yes, I can. All right, great. So we've now got Megan Cavanaugh with us. So, Megan, we're just – I'm here with Maddie Brozen. We're, we're we're hosting Bike Talk, and we're talking a little bit uh, – we had a couple people calling with their wows and their woes, the best and worst of their bike commutes. Uh, we were just talking, Maddie and I, about some of the, the kind of improvements we've seen – out there on the streets, you see more people riding and people riding more confidently. But I know you and I have talked before about some of the challenges you've had now that you're starting to commute to UCLA. So, um, yeah, so do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, where you're coming from and what you're doing at UCLA and, and just some of your best and worst of your bike commute?
7: Sure, sure. I used to be a really avid bike commuter. Um, I would ride my bike actually from my house in Hollywood to my work in Burbank. Um, and I would ride over the Cahuenga Pass in the middle of the night, and I did it regularly. But since I've come to grad school at UCLA, I've actually stopped bike commuting because I find that the harassment that I'm getting from drivers in Westwood is just far and above anything that I've ever experienced on my bike. And it just becomes so stressful and draining just dealing with the abuse, not even the physical riding that I've actually just I, I
2: don't ride my bike to UCLA anymore. Yeah, and it's it's a shame to hear because I know you know you and I we rode together a couple times mm-hmm. sort of early in the year and uh, and you know it seemed, it seemed smooth enough but I, I gotta say I have heard some stories about people you know just getting honked at and stuff more frequently. So what did, they, did you notice? Did they just start getting worse over time, or, or what, what was going on with your with your commute there?
7: Well, it may be related to the time of day that I go, but um, I find that especially Ohio Avenue is the worst harassment that I've ever had in my bicycling career. Um, I will ride down Ohio, which is, um, I'm not sure if you discussed the way the street is oriented yet, but it's one lane each direction, and there's really not room to share the lane. Uh, because there's parked cars on the side of the narrow lanes, and so you really have to take that lane for safety. But because people use Ohio as a cut-through route to avoid Santa Monica Boulevard, they get even more agitated if anything slows them down even slightly on Ohio. And, I mean, I've been called horrible names on Ohio. I've had people swerve at me, tell me that they'd prefer to kill me, than be late. So it, it's... It's very stressful in Ohio, which, you know, I think could be remedied with something as simple as one traffic diverter somewhere between Westwood Boulevard and the freeway. Because
2: yeah, I think that's, that's one thing way. we all that's one thing I think we all all as bike commuters from the West side dream about is being able to have Ohio as a, a bike boulevard or, you know, kind of a bicyclist only street. Man, would that be something?
7: Well, so I think that saying it needs to be a bicyclist only street is you know, not probably the best way to win over neighbors, but it would be <laughs> safer for them, quieter for them to have even just one traffic diverter so they could drive to their house so they could pull out of their driveways, and it, it would just be easier overall for everyone in that neighborhood.
2: Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, Maddie, you know, we were, we've were we been talking a little bit about just some of the, the crucial factors of, you know, making streets ready for everybody.
3: Yeah, I mean that's that's I think one one of the big challenges that we're trying to do and, and trying to kind of as as a sales pitch, you know, for for safer streets, for complete streets, you know, that it's It's not about, you know, it's about streets being for neighborhoods and that not every street should do everything, you know, that Ohio doesn't have to serve as a bike route and a 405 diverter and a neighborhood street. And that, you know, if we really think what are the purposes of the streets trying to serve, you know, it could probably do a world of good and hopefully get you back on your bike, Megan. (laughs) (laughs)
7: Yeah, that would be great. I mean, even if, uh, I live in Santa Monica, so my commute to Westwood is coming from the west side there. Even if the area of Santa Monica Boulevard itself, between where Broadway ends and where the bike lane picks up, was just a little bit nicer, a little bit more room for maybe a bike lane, but I think it's totally doable because those lanes are very wide, and traffic speeds are so slow through there because of the congestion. There's totally enough room if you shrink down those lanes, even just a foot each, to provide a bike lane there under the freeway, which would make it millions of times more comfortable to ride.
2: You hear that out there, you traffic engineers? (laughs) We've got a traffic engineer in-house, and she is ready to take you to school (laughs) on making some better bike infrastructure.
7: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, traffic engineering is definitely... A huge problem, not just for bicyclists, but for pedestrians. And we've been working on that a lot here in Santa Monica. Um, and we're working on a pedestrian action plan right now. And, you know, the way that the street is laid out affects everyone's lives, not just the people who are driving. And so the street has to reflect those values uh, in the way that it's designed. And so hopefully, Justin, you, and I'm not sure what Maddie does, but Katie, through planning, Figure out a way to wrangle in those
2: engineers. Yeah, we're we're certainly going to work hard at it. So, well, Megan Cavanaugh, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate hearing from you.
3: Yeah, that's no, all.
2: All right, have a good all night. Right. Thank you
3: yeah so I mean Ma- Megan brought up an interesting point about kind of education for everyone so you know as, as one of kind of the three arms of my job one one is doing applied research and and the second is kind of enhancing the graduate education. so I've done some guest lectures and just in your classes and um, but but the third is we, we host an annual conference around complete streets and that you know it's it's really an opportunity to try to bring planners and engineers and what we've seen over the last three years we've done this event you know it's really well attended it's about three hundred people and that you know We've really heard a change of language. I mean, you know, from the last couple of you know, the first year there was a lot of, frankly, outright bashing of engineers, and now there's kind of more. There, there was a term last year someone brought up was called a plan engineer, so it's <laughs> someone that's kind of a planner, but that also kind of speak that language. And now we're kind of we're really talking more about collaboration. And I think that there's been a lot of innovation. I think there's still a lot of, of long history, though. You know, in in the historical traffic engineering. I don't know, Justin, where are you standing? planners versus engineer debate.
2: Yeah, and I think the plan engineer is the way to go. So, you know, <laughs> I am, I have, and for any of you potential employers listening in on the job market, because <laughs> I'm graduating in June. And uh, yeah, some of the places that I've been, been looking, you know, they really want people who can kind of think from both sides of the street. And so I think that's what's really important is, you know, I had uh, I had an, an interview them asked me, well, okay, you know, what do you think the role of the car is? And it's funny because as an advocate kit, you know, you certainly have your times where you want to say, oh, it's just the thing that gets in my way all the time. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I think uh, what's interesting is the that almost every bicyclist you'll meet out there is also a driver. And so, you know, people can, bicyclists can come at it from both angles. I mean, you know, there there have been those times where you've been stuck in traffic, too, and you want to bang your head against the steering wheel because, well, it kind of sucks. And so, um, you know, I think similarly it's it's really important when you're trying to solve transportation problems, you know, to know how each other think. And so I think that's one of the great things that we've seen, as you were saying, Maddie, in the Complete Streets Conference, is it really has helped transform the way that... People from different fields are talking about the same topic. I think it's kind of giving people their uh, their own language to really, you know, speak together, whether they come from, you know, planning, engineering, or from, again, from public health, you know, from the advocacy side, just from some of these many interest groups that are participating in this, this movement we're seeing.
3: Yeah, and I think that there's kind of a realization that everyone's kind of coming to a common goal. I mean, that we've done stuff one way for a long time and and not that we are all kind of wanting the things to look the same but the common goal of like okay we have to figure out how to do this better we have to think about balance we have to think about innovation you know and that you know the the population's growing we're going to be adding you know like a million people to the city that we're a built out place you know we just have to do things differently is kind of one of the things so um yeah I think that's that's really interesting you know what what you know have you seen this kind of different you know what You know, as, as a graduate student you get a chance to kind of think about really interesting papers or topics or what's that one thing that you'd love to figure out how to how to solve through research
2: oh boy that's a uh, that's a bit of a, a heavy heavy loaded question so if I had to pick Gosh, if I had to pick one thing, so one thing that I guess I've noticed recently, and actually we heard a little bit of this from our from our callers, is the experience that different people have on the street while riding and riding their bikes around. And so, you know, we heard from from a couple callers, a couple male callers, who said, yeah, you know, for the most part they've had a, a pretty positive experience. And we heard from Megan, our you know a female caller, saying that she hasn't had such a great time. And uh, you know, I I have also talked to you know other members of the UCLA Bike Coalition or friends of mine about their experience. Experience out there, and I feel like I'm starting to notice some gender differences here. Where, you know, some of the men say, Oh, yeah, riding here is fine. Some women say, I haven't had the greatest time. So, you know, what's your experience been like?
3: I mean, I I think I. You know, I I have a pretty positive experience about it, but there are times that I think it's more kind of frustrating. Um, you know, like I I don't wear clip in shoes. I bike in heels, like <laughs> you know, and, and kind of like the like oh how could you do that? And and I don't you know it's 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 kind of frustrating. It's it's I don't know if it's about women bike commuting or the unfortunate kind of position just women in, in society and kind of that's like, oh, how how could you be doing this? But mm-hmm. you know, I think there's both sides of the coin. I know I, I have a a, fr- a friend who, a uh, female friend that totally bikes, and she thinks that she kind of gets more space by being a, a female cyclist because people kind of less expect and kind of are a little more courteous. So, you know, this is the idea that there's so many kind of different sides of the coin, but how do we really build these perceptions back into practice, you know, because, you know, it's always about the data, like what can That's you measure right. and how do we measure people's perceptions?
2: Yeah, so I'll tell you, if there are any uh, budding graduate students listening, I think this is a really important topic to figure out. You know, one of the things that you see, and, and we've seen this in European cities that have really increased their – the. Percentage of their population that's riding a bike regularly is you tend to see that it's men who kind of lead the charge in picking up more bicycling, and then a lot of times women pick up afterwards. In fact, I, I have a, a PhD student friend at, at UCLA who says she she came from uh, from London and she said that the trick to getting more people on bikes is you got to start with the fat men, <laughs> and if you can get the the businessmen sweating in their suits, then then you can get a lot of women. Who will come around. And in the end, when you have a city with a lot of bicyclists, it's actually probably more women than men who are riding. And so I think that's something that is really, really important for us to figure out because, you know, we've talked about how we're trying to get some of these, you know, interested but concerned riders, if you will, and encourage more people to get out there. And and so I think, you know, when, I, when I've when i talked to some of my, my female friends about their riding experiences, you know, if we want to encourage more bicycling, we're already if we don't have enough women on their bikes, that's you know hopefully what could be the bigger proportion. Of bike riders, and so we need to figure out how to get how to get more women on their bikes for regular regular for regular trips. And I know that uh, that LE and the League of American Bicyclists are definitely very focused on this. In fact, uh, the League of American Bicyclists had a special one day event before their general summit that was the Women's Bicycling Summit.
3: Yeah, I think I think that was a really positive event, and it's not it's not just women obviously that are that are into it, and you know that to, to get all wonky on a little bit. you know, there are differences in how men and women travel, you know, that, you know, uh, women, not just in terms of demands, but do a lot more link trips. So like, I'm going to go and go to the grocery store and uh, drop off, you know, whatever it is. Women just just travel a little differently than men. So I think there might be some concerns about, well, I don't know how I, because I want to travel this way. I don't want to change how I get around just because I want to ride my bike while doing it. So I think there are some considerations about, you know, like the different bikes and gear and, you know, just need to recognize. But not there, there's a fine line, I think, between recognizing those differences and isolating those differences. And yep. it's, it's a it's a challenging issue.
2: Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, just in, like you were saying about men's and women's concerns while they're just, you know, just traveling around the city. You know, my girlfriend and I, when, they're, when we're together, whether we're walking or biking, it's funny. Uh, I like to take quieter streets, um, especially when we're walking to, uh, together, just because it's more pleasant. So, you know, over in Santa Monica, I live on Ninth Street. And so I say, let's not walk on Lincoln. Let's walk on 9th Street. It's so much nicer. And and she says, okay, I'll do that because I'm with you. That's fine. But if she was by herself, she said she'd prefer to take Lincoln because there are more eyes on the street.
3: There's a lot more eyes on the street, you know, more streetlights. You know, that's. I think that's, that's one thing that I noticed. I don't know what it is. You know, in, in my and so I, I lived in Minneapolis, I grew up there. I lived in New Orleans, which is a much different experience. It didn't have a lot of lights. But I was like, why is Los Angeles so unlit? I mean, I just I just invested in a really nice headlight for my yeah. bike so I could just a, B, C, B, C, giant cracks and potholes. You know, so that's I think that's another thing we're gonna have to really think about that I don't know if, if traffic engineers think about what is the street lighting when you're putting in a bike lane, you know? And it's just it's just part of this whole holistic picture that it's not just about you know what's on the ground it's about who's in the area and what's lighting it and what's attractive and
2: yeah it's about ma- making what you know functions as a street more than just a street making it a complete street right yeah
3: i mean it's a, a complete street living street stuff nice to look at and landscaping and you know for, for so long we just kind of measured streets by the how many cars you can get through as fast as possible And now we're starting to try to think about how to measure it differently. But it becomes, you know, when we mention all these things. How do you measure how pretty a street is? You know, I can count the streetlights, but how do you measure safety and security? So, you know, these are kind of the big questions that I think the research still has to answer. And the practice has to figure out how to integrate as well.
2: Yeah, and you're working on a project just up this alley.
3: So, yeah, I'm working on a project, you know, that... A lot of people have been thinking about this for the last 10 years, about how to measure things differently, and it's kind of called multimodal level of service. So, for a long time, it was just cars, and uh, if it was kind of complete gridlock, we graded it an F and it was failing, and if it was free-flowing and, you know, you could get everywhere as fast as possible as an A. Well, then it became, what do we think differently about bikes and is it really about that? So a lot of very smart people try to think about how to create formulas to do this. And so what we're doing is we're comparing all these formulas, but we're kind of coming to say, so what we did is we took a, a segment in Santa Monica and we ran it through and it didn't even get it it didn't get a perfect grade and you know we were kind of talking anecdotally like, Well do you think this is a nice street to be on? I'm like, Yeah. I think this is a really nice street to be on. So I don't know. I mean, the question is how, you know, how can we actually quantify this type of what's nice? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a big it's a big research question, which I'm going to need more research dollars to figure out the answer yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of really interesting work going on. And, and you know, there's what, what UCLA is doing. It, it, it's, it's kind of nice to be at kind of the intersection of research and practice. And I think yeah. a lot of you know, your work is doing that. So what's kind of on the horizon? What are the next big questions or projects do you think UCLA is going to tackle?
2: So one thing I'm working on with, uh, with the UCLA Transportation Department is a plan for bike share. To come oh, to UCLA, they
3: have that in so many other cities. Why don't we have an LA? Yet?
2: I know, I know. Well, so so we're supposed to be seeing a pilot program downtown, a government uh, employee pilot, I believe, this week. I haven't heard the most the latest schedule, but it's supposed to be coming out soon. And uh, yeah, so UCLA was contacted by Bike Nation about trying to use Westwood as one of the launch points and how they would like to get bike share to serve UCLA and the campus. Said, yeah, you know, we've been building up our bike programs. We've got new lanes in, and you know, UCLA has agreed to this this trip cap where, so that we limit the amount of traffic that's you know coming through the village and, and you know affecting other Westwood residents and so they said this seems like a great way to kind of meet our transportation goals.
3: So when you say trip cap, do you mean no more people ever coming to Westwood?
2: What we're really going for is the number of vehicle trips. Okay, so a a, a
3: trip, kind of a, this is the amount amount of cars we can physically take, but we still want people coming in. Exactly. So how do we get them in? Okay.
2: Exactly, and so that's one of the things, so UCLA Transportation has done a great job of offering services to for transit. We've got the Bruin Shuttle Bus, which runs for free. We've got uh, deals with Santa Monica Big Blue Bus and also with with Metro and Culper City Bus to help encourage students to use these, you know, students, faculty, and staff to use these other tra- transportation options available to them. Um, but, you know, another one is, again, is this bike share concept, which especially if you're on campus or in the village, you know, our building is pretty far up in the northeast side of campus. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, and I if mean, you want to
2: walk to the, the village for lunch,
3: it's it's a little bit of a trek. And I mean, also like just the transit connections. I love the 720. I think it's just like a a solid bus. It runs all the time, but it's still about a mile away from campus. It's this kind of first last mile, wonky kind of thing. But saying like the bus gets you really close and it comes all the time, but you've still got a little bit of a ways to actually get where you need to be. So yep. maybe bike share can really be that solution. So
2: that's what we're hoping. And so I'm working for my master's project on, on trying to bring bike share to UCLA and kind of looking at where we should place these bike share stations around the campus and in the village. So again, that way, hopefully, if we can get a sense of where they'd be most useful for people, we can say, all right, the, you know, you come out of your building and you want to go back to your dorm room, you want to go down to, maybe your grad student wants to go, to go down to the graduate gym, you want to go to the village to get some groceries, to go meet your friends for lunch. Now you can just come out of your building and there'll be a bike share station right there.
3: So what do I do when I, when I get to where I need to go though? What about the bike?
2: So <laughs> this is, the nice thing about this is it's it's kind of like Zipcar, except you don't have to return the bike to the same place. So this is, uh, so I lived in Washington DC for a while where they have one of these systems and I actually have a lot of friends even who own their own bikes and they join because you know what they say is, if it's going to rain in the afternoon, I'll use the bike share in the morning. I'll ride it from my neighborhood down to the office, drop it at a station that's right by the office, so I don't have to worry about the bike. And if it's raining in the afternoon, I'll just take the metro home or I'll yeah. take the bus.
3: Well, that's great. Sounds like it provides a lot of kind of mobility and different options. I think that's kind of what everyone. I think that's a lot of what we're trying to do, kind of with bikes up. It's not about getting everyone out of their cars. It's not about demonizing the automobile. It's about providing options for people, and this sounds like you know one of one of the things that you can have a lot more flexibility in how you get around.
2: Definitely. So that's the hope, and so you know we'll we'll see. It's going to take a little time uh, to get things up and running, but we're hoping to see bike share on campus in the near future.
3: Well, that would be a great addition.
2: Yeah. So we've talked quite a bit about the kind of uh, research topics. Do we want to do a quick pitch for a couple of our events coming up?
3: Yeah, that sounds great. Um, so
2: one of uh, Los Angeles' favorite Open Streets events, of course, is Ciclovía. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so that's uh and it's a new route this year. So they've been doing a lot of kind of they kind of their horse route why did I say horse um, the main route that's going on but now we have a new one so downtown to Venice Beach
2: Ciclovia to the sea
3: Ciclavia to the sea April 21st so all people like me that live in mid-city that will be right in our backyard and it will be super exciting the block party with 100,000 of your closest friends bike in the streets of LA so that's a really exciting one um, anything else the Bike Coalition's doing for events
2: so yeah we also do another fun one that one of the leaders of the UCLA Social Biking Club it's called the uh, the Venice First Fridays Art Ride, and that's a good one because it's it's a real kind of it's a fun e- Friday evening event where we basically meet up at at the Bruin Bear at UCLA and get together and just roll down to the first Art Fridays in Venice a lot of food trucks out and it's a nice ride because it's it's real relaxed these days it's you know staying, staying light out later so we can have kind of riding into sunset over towards the beach and go check out the art eat some great food and then you know end roll back to UCLA so that's a real fun thing monthly ride and uh, something we you know hope to see some other folks joining us for well
3: that's great I mean you know I, I've I think we're both kind of uh, big Bruin supporters and cheerleaders, but it's it's an exciting time. I think doing doing being interested in bicycles, whether it's you just want to ride, you want to meet new people, you want to do some research. It's it's a time for bikes at UCLA. Yeah,
2: definitely. So um, again, the, I think we've kind of covered a, a lot of our bases. We were really happy to be able to share some of our fun and exciting research and events with our our radio audience. Here. Yeah.
3: So please uh, come UCLA, check out what we're doing, and uh, yeah, have a great ride. Those buttons on your
4: shirt are falling to be undone. They have my name all over them. When I close in the open window Sends up a shiver Down my spine And I think I'd adore in my hair. I know I haven't called it in a while, but you don't think on your shirt. I've only to be done. Around. They have my name all over them. And the when that blows through the open window sends up a shiver down my spine. And I think I don't have to wait in line behind some other other girl those Head
1: to the right, it's better That we spend this day facing west Oh, y'all, they get caught in my hair I know I haven't caught it in a while But you don't Alright, this is Bike Talk on Kill Radio KPFK on the podcast I'm Colin Bogart with the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition Uh And that was... um uh, we just heard from Justin and Madeline Brozen from UCLA from the UCLA chapter of uh, the LA County Bicycle Coalition. And uh, let's see which mic are you here? You're the that one. It should be this one. Are you yeah, on? Yeah.
8: And um, this is chicken leather. I'm in the studio and I, I have to be amazed that uh, UCLA I've I've seen them their presence at release their uh, they've got those slick commercials now on PBS as they underwrite shows. You you got to love UCLA.
1: Huh? Sure. Good stuff happening over but, there. But, but right, on the but same
8: note, we we, we have a, uh, a a great caller calling in from uh, yeah yeah. We've a got place where I've I've made movies. Oh Go yeah, ahead, tell us about it.
1: Yeah, we've got Roger calling in from Downey, uh, uh, calling on behalf of the uh, Downey Bicycle Coalition. Hey, Roger.
8: Hey
9: guys. Good morning.
1: Good morning. How you doing?
9: All right. Find myself a little chilly out in Riverside. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a bit.
1: Okay. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time to call in this morning and uh, give us uh, some uh, give us an update on on uh, what's going on in Downey. Downey's Downey's the newest chapter, the newest local chapter of the L.A. County Bicycle Coalition. We're all really excited.
9: Yeah, well, we've been we kind of tried to hit the ground running. Um, our last community bike ride had about forty people, and it's great because we're starting to see a real mix of of age group. It's not so much dominated by the teenagers from the high school. It was really a nice healthy mix of, you know, kids from preteen to senior citizens. So that's great. It's nice to see support from, from all, all different ages in the community. Um, and then most recently on the beginning of April, um, the city actually submitted its application for a Caltrans transportation plan grant. So we'll hear back in June and hopefully, hopefully, um, the city will be granted the money to get a bike plan going. So oh, that sounds So that's really great. exciting, actually.
1: That sounds fantastic. You said yeah. it's, a, it's a planning grant?
9: A planning grant. So the, I believe the um, city applies for 250000 so it should be pretty good grant. And I believe the city only has to match about
1: 10%. Oh, that's such a deal yeah. for the city of Downey.
9: Yeah, so, you know, we pushed it, and we're glad they listened and went after the money. And um, they asked us for some help gain some community support. Uh, they reached out to us about a week before their application was due, but I think we were able to grab about 200 signatures and about 50 common letters at the time. So it was, it was a bit stressful, but it was exciting, and hopefully, hopefully um, it comes through.
1: Fantastic, And just, just so everybody understands, um, uh, currently the city of Downey does not have a bicycle master plan in place?
9: Yeah, that's correct.
1: And there's, yeah. I think a lot of people assume that, that those things are in place everywhere, and that's really not the case.
9: Yeah, not at all. It, it's really funny. The gateway cities are, are really falling a little bit behind, but it seems like there's they're pushing to catch up.
1: That's fantastic. Do you feel do you uh, feel encouraged? Is the... Um, who would you say is your biggest champion uh, at the city, as far as elected officials or staff, or would you prefer not to say?
9: <laughs> um, I, I, I can, I think I can say. You know, um, the mayor is really on his healthy downing campaign. Um, he's been championing that since he was sworn into office in December. So it was really a great opportunity for us to push for, for bike rights at the same time because. There's no reason why bicycling can't be a component to their healthy initiatives. So it was kind of just a perfect timing on on all on all fronts, and we're hoping that we get some results as, as a result.
1: Terrific! That yeah. sounds great.
5: Um, so, so what else then, is what else is, well, you, what guys else been doing, is going you guys are doing? You guys are doing regular I rides. Know, Go ahead. I
9: know Santa Monica is having a big, big kids event today so we'll actually be doing something similar on April twenty seventh. We're partnering up with the local YMCA to do a kids day and we're kicking off the day's of events with a with a short bike ride around town. So Oh yeah? Yeah, so we're expecting about twenty to thirty kids to come out so it's not too many but it it should be a good amount to to given our given our coalition's numbers to keep a watchful eye over.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And you said this is with the local YMCA?
9: Yes. Yes, with the local YMCA.
1: And is is the Uh, ride starting at the YMCA building?
9: Yes, it'll be starting at the YMCA building. Um, The ride starts at about 9.30, um, and then we'll be having waivers to sign at 9. And it'll be about a five-mile loop around town. And when we get back, they should have... Um, you know, carnival rides and a petting zoo set up. So, so it should be fun for the kids. You got a petting zoo? Yeah, yeah. YMCA <laughs> is going all out. So that's awesome. Why not? It's,
1: I like that. Oh, hang on, chicken. I did. I turned your it's mic not down. The
8: kind of pet, Colin. <laughs> it, those are animals, not not the Miss Whatever from. <laughs>
1: that's not what I thought. <laughs> Chicken leather, always making it nasty and <laughs> and <laughs> uh, adult. No, Come on,
8: but, uh, Ro- uh, Roger. Do you, do you ever you you mentioned Santa Monica? Uh, do you ever and I don't mean to get clandestine or anything, but do you ever go and spy in other towns and see what they're doing <laughs> and bring it, say Hey, they got a good idea. Let's let's try this in Riverside or something."
9: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I was on the West Side as 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 recently as a year ago, so there's just a lot more going out there that you come back to the east side of LA County and it's like wow it's it's really lacking so um, I think one of the biggest lessons I took was the advocacy aspect then you know advocacy is really important I I strongly believe that you know if you get people together um, the politicians are going to listen no matter even small towns I think there just needs to be that community support to get things going so you know that's really the biggest takeaway I've had from other communities and then ideas like Bike to School Day—that's something we're also taking on—and that was because um, I was encouraged to do so by um, Santa Monica spoke and Glendale, and just from hearing from what they had to share about the event last during last Bike Talk, actually. So, um, cool. We're trying to get dialed into that as well.
1: And what what is it? Uh, do, have you guys solidified your pl- uh, your plans for Bike to School Day? That's that's May eighth, right?
9: Yeah, so for Back to School, they will actually be partnering with the local Kaiser Hospital. And um, they're going to be donating food and little prizes to give the kids as they arrive to school. So what we'll be doing is we'll be having a, a base set up at each of the middle schools. Will be, we have flyers, and um, something really interesting is the schools here, the middle schools, they have their own quote-unquote production organization so all their morning announcements are done over tv so we actually have commercials that we um you know took from the back to school day website and adjusted them a little bit and um they'll be playing they're, or they're already playing at the, at the middle schools and um what we'll be doing for for back to school days we're going to have a base set up at each at each middle school i think i mentioned that already but at each um base you know we're going to have city officials showing up, and the mayor's going to be at one location and council members at the other. And they'll be congratulating the kids, handing out snacks, um, giving them little pamphlets on how to bike safely. So it, it should be fun. It should be fun.
1: And you mentioned – real quick, I want to say you mentioned Kaiser. Um, is this related? Didn't didn't Downey get uh, – the Downey Bike Coalition, didn't you guys get a grant from yes, uh, Kaiser recently? Is got, that what this is? We got a
9: small grant, and they said that you know they were very much um, happy that we were becoming an organization in the city, and they looked forward to collaborating with us. And um, when we got the grant, actually, that was one of their suggestions. They were really hoping that we would reach out to them for high school day. Um, so we did, and just they wanted to target on two. They wanted to have staff at two, at two of the middle schools, so they'll have doctors and other staff at at two of the schools, encouraging kids to be healthy and, you know, trying to sell the benefits to bicycling as well.
8: This, oh, that's uh, that's this, fantastic. This really translates into things like uh, keeping down um, uh, childhood ob- uh, obesity and, and um, yeah. diabetes yeah, and stuff. So for, for them, I, I know it seems like they're all altruistic and stuff, but it's a money thing because they don't have to sort of put it out there that it's like, oh, now we have to set aside – the state funds or city funds or even medical funds for this thing because the kids are healthy or something.
9: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's one of the big selling points, you know, in the public, you know, in terms of public health, when you're trying to talk to people about bicycles and, you know, it's just about trying to get people to understand that really it's an investment in the future.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. Congratulations on the grant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know something else I wanted to ask you about is that I'm hearing a theme also. It's like you 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 have a ride coming up with the YMCA, and uh, you also have this ride coming up with in partnership with Kaiser. So it sounds like uh, you're having some real success with collaborating with with existing community organizations. And uh, are you are you finding that you're getting a really positive response? Because it, it sounds like it.
9: Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely been. Um, I really consider ourselves lucky to have such positive responses, and you know, organizations that have been in Downey for a long time reaching out and saying let's work together. It's it's really encouraging, and you know, hopefully, come once the bike times get some development, there won't be too much pushback, and we can get a lot of community support for that and community feedback to really make it something something worthwhile. Uh huh. So, you, um, but yeah, it, it definitely seems very easy to, or it's, the community seems to have been really receptive for, to our, to our young coalition and to what our, what our desires are so far.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. I mean, what yeah. are, you, are you getting, it makes me wonder if you're getting comments from people like, oh, we're so glad you're doing this now. Um. Uh, you know, I know sometimes, in my experience, you find people saying, Oh, I'd really like to ride my bike. I've just never felt like I could because I didn't feel like it was safe. So I'm so glad you're doing this work. Are you getting similar?
9: Yes, yes. You I getting think we get that a couple times every community bike ride. Um, you yeah. know, people. we have families come out and say, you know, it's great that we're doing this. You know, they feel a lot safer when there's a lot of people doing it, and they're hoping something good comes out of it. So, um, you know. Definitely, I think it just keeps encouraging us to keep doing what
1: we're doing. Very nice. So you mentioned uh, you made. What else do you have uh, in the works that you wanted to maybe tell us about? You mentioned uh, bike to school day on May eighth, and of course the following week is Bike Week. And we're, right? Do you, right. Do, you um, do you have we anything? We solid- don't have
9: anything in the works yet for Bike Week. We're we're trying to think of something, but um, just with our with our numbers, it's numbers of volunteers. It's a little hard to get too many things going at once. I see. So so we're hoping that if not this year, next year for sure we'll be a participating organization.
8: Well, I'm sure you guys will figure something out, right? Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> hey, don't you guys have public transportation? How would you get to Los Angeles here like on public transportation? The train or a bus or um, what?
9: I actually commute downtown um, by the, by the bus.
8: So, so
9: there's a bus stop on the north side of Downey, and it takes me straight to downtown in about 45 minutes so
8: it's, that's pretty good
9: it's pretty good and you know it's about what it would take in traffic anyway so i'd rather <laughs> sit down and read a book than sit in traffic absolutely uh, what, <laughs> I, what
8: i'm trying to say is if it's if it's bike week you got nothing there you're i, I i'm going to extend the the invitation to come to one of the local municipalities down here maybe uh I know Los Angeles is probably going to do something for Bike Week, or at least I hope so. And in fact, uh, I myself got sort of uh, – we were so kind of dis- and di- we The people in the Valley came to me and said, you know, you guys never do anything in the Valley. So I said, okay, if, there, if you guys don't do anything in the Valley, I'll come out and do something in the Valley for you next year. So in fact, I think that's the idea, all the bike riders coming together and kind of –
9: yeah, spreading the fun I, I think that's actually one of the biggest roles of LA CBC plays they do such a great job at announcing what's going on in the valley or what's going on here or there and really getting the word across and you know I've been to to a couple of events where people really come all of, from all over LA to participate in
1: that's fantastic I,
8: absolutely I remember I, I remember it. Uh, uh, Big Al from Long Beach, he said, you know, at Long Beach, there's stuff here, but it's never my cup of tea. I'm always coming to Los Angeles and stuff. In fact, he got up at a city council meeting and they always said, well, you're the wrong zip code. And it's like, no, I'm not the wrong zip code. I spend a lot of money in your town. I'm the right zip code. And I think everybody always kind of equates the fact that it's like if you live here, you're not a stakeholder within the confines of your city. I think anybody that comes and, and enjoys and spreads that same kind of goodwill uh, should be considered a stakeholder and should be uh, just given the same kind of uh, issues and rights too. Yeah,
9: definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, there's a lot of truth to that. I
1: would, I couldn't agree more. Well, one other quick question I have for you: I'm curious, as we all know, Seeklevia is coming up a week from tomorrow, April 21st. Uh, some, of the, some, I know, uh, I know, some of the chapters are organizing feeder rides. It's kind of a uh, stretch for Downey.
9: Yeah, but, the, but maybe you, know, you guys are the ambitious. There, if you look at if you just look at the Metro Bike Map, you know you see this big hole. Um, you know, once you get out of LA County on the East Side Downey, all the Gateway Cities there's just nothing there. I mean, um, I've I've gone to downtown on my bike for a couple of times, and you know I go through Vernon, um, which is sketchy but not terrible. Um, it has an aroma just, to it. So. We're really encouraging people to take a connection between the green line and the blue line to get to um, Ciclavia. So we're hoping people um, go out. But as feeder rides, we're not we're not doing that just yet, given the current state of infrastructure in our side of Cook County.
1: Got it. I figured it was kind of a stretch, but I, I check. I'm not trying to put you on the spot.
9: I don't know, no right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, so that's what's, that's what's going on in
1: Downey. That's fantastic. So that, so basically a couple of rides coming up again, the, the, uh, YMCA ride is what date? Um, April
9: 27th, Saturday April at uh, 27? 930 in the morning. We'll be rolling. Okay.
1: Down. And, uh, and then you've got, uh, bike to school day on May 8th. Correct. Um, and where, where do people, where do people find you? If people want to look you up online, you guys are on um, Facebook right now?
9: Yeah, we're on Facebook, so if you look up Downey Bicycle Coalition, we're there. Um, uh-huh. We have a website we're trying to get going soon, so um, hopefully in the next month or two. And then if there's any questions or comments or anything, um, they can always email me at downeybike at gmail.com.
1: Downeybike at gmail.com. Correct. Okay. So uh, um, and then, of course, we'll all be anxiously awaiting the news in June as to whether or not the city of Downey gets this uh, planning grant. Yeah, that'll sort well,
9: of we all will. So that's we'll a be launch. You all in the loop.
8: Yeah. So uh, let's be serious. If you don't get the planning grant, are you going to go rogue and start just like doing your own cherrys in the street and just saying, "Hey, man, we've had enough of the city. We're we're taking this into our own hands."
9: <laughs> um. We'll definitely start exploring our options after that. We're hoping it, it's not necessary, but if not, um, then we're pretty confident we can get a lot of petitions signed, and there's a lot of resources in the county to to tap into. So we'll definitely be exploring our options if nothing comes of it.
1: Well, it sounds like the city's interested in pursuing this, you know, this project, and and if they weren't, they wouldn't have applied for it in the first place.
9: Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's good so, news.
9: So I think with any, with everything, like or rather, like everything else, you know, money is always the issue. So hopefully, um, the grant comes through, and the city doesn't have to trust too much about it.
1: Excellent. All right, Roger. Well, thanks again for for calling in, and uh, great to hear um, all the things that are happening in Downey. Uh, it's yeah, very exciting. Yeah.
9: Awesome. Yeah, so it was a pleasure to talk with you guys this morning. So. All right. Thanks for calling in. Oh, well, that was great, right. Colin.
1: What? That was, All right.
8: That was great.
1: Cool. So good stuff happening. Uh, good stuff happening in Downey. Yeah, and, and we're really excited. I need you to talk for a second so I can need, let we, Eric and Glendale know yeah. that he needs to call. He's texting well, we, me.
8: We hinted at Ciclavia, and uh, this would be the point where I'd reach over and hit the DVD and play something from other Ciclavia, But there he is on the phone. Here we go. <laughs> and I. Bye, talk. There we go. Hello. He's he's gonna hit the speakerphone now. And Hi. You can Hear him all. Hey, Eric. The I'm gonna phone. I'm gonna
1: put you on the air. Okay. Here we go.
8: It is bike talk on Kill Radio on KPFK on the podcast.
1: All right, and now we have uh, Eric Isayan from Walk Bike Glendale on the phone. Hey,
9: Eric. Hey guys, how you doing?
1: We're doing great. How are you this morning?
9: Oh, great. Can you hear us? There's, okay. I can hear you guys just fine. Can you hear me?
1: We can yeah. hear you. We're, okay, we're, we're a Verizon commercial all of a sudden.
10: Come in, Glendale. Oh, great. Well, we're happy to be part of this bike talk and uh, happy to participate. Um, we really appreciate all of the work you guys are doing and, and uh, the bike talks that you guys are always consistent with and, um, and spread a lot of great information to everybody.
1: Excellent. So, tell, so Eric, uh, lots of things going on in Glendale right now.
10: Absolutely. Um, uh, We just finished up a a really successful bike ride with the mayor, the outgoing mayor, Frank Cantero. Um, I think his last day was actually Friday. And we had, uh, uh, it was their second annual uh, bike ride with the mayor. The first one uh, was thanks to the efforts of Colin Bogart for setting it up. And we finally were able to set up the second one, and, um, we had about 50 people come. Um, we saw a lot of, um, great stops, um, and including the river Walk which is, um, our newest bike path that we, Glendale just created, and it goes along the LA River, uh, in the Glendale narrow section, section, um... And it will eventually be expanded uh, to include a bridge that will connect to Griffith Park. And we're really excited about that. We got to show that to everybody. It was our first ride over there. And it was very exciting, and everybody was very excited to see it. Um, and I think the mayor was very happy to be able to talk about it with everyone as well.
1: Definitely. Now, I was, I was along for that ride. Um, yeah, and I, I have, have to commend you. I believe you worked on the route this time?
10: Yeah, I, help, I helped organize it along with Rye and all of us. We, you know, It's always a team effort to put these things on.
1: True. It was a fine route um, and a good ride. Um, I think it's pretty significant, though. I mean, there's not a lot of cities that can say, hey, our mayor did a ride. And, and in fact, we had a ride. It was the mayor's ride. And so, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, Absolutely. To go Absolutely.
10: from... And really, and really big thanks to Colin. He really started a lot of this stuff in Glendale. Um, oh, shucks. And, and what we're doing is just a continuation of that effort. Um, he was really the, the main driver to connect the, you know, uh, the just the people who bike every day with uh, the city and the city staff and, and, and all the uh, council members, and now we're we're just working off of those relationships and trying to make that stronger. And cause we think that's very, you know, that's a big key in, um, moving this forward and, in, in what we're doing here with walking and biking.
1: Terrific. I well, I'm, I'm very excited about what you guys are doing in Glendale. It's, it's fantastic. Nice. Um, now the sad news of course, is that as you mentioned, uh, Frank Quintero's last day as as a mayor and as the as a city council member was yesterday, right? Um, so there's a bit of a shakeup in the city council, and it, it, from what I understand, there's there's a few question marks about what's going to happen next.
10: Well, anytime there's you know a change in the city council, it's always you know I think it's uh, legitimate for people to have concerns. Um, and that's when we really have to come in and build or continue the bond we have with the existing council members, uh-huh. and also to make a good welcome for new council members as well. So people, you know, who are new to the council, they feel like they're just as welcome, and you know, we can include them on our future rides and educate them the way we can. We think. You know what we know about biking and walking infrastructure we got to get out the education component and uh, make sure the community knows about it and the community can be able to inform any new members of council and existing members of council as well and it's and it's also that we see it as a dialogue so it's not just a one-way communication we can um, we can really be there as a uh, one as a community voice
1: so you're, uh, so you're reaching out to the new, there's a couple of new council members
10: coming yes, in? Yes, and we, we definitely plan to. I've actually, um, the new council member we do have, I, I have tried reaching out to him. And, um, you know, we, we hope in the coming weeks and months we can definitely set up a meeting and um, continue the dialogue that we've been having with the other council members.
1: Uh-huh. And there's also do you, I know that one of the council existing council members is is going to become I guess a city treasurer, so they're going to have to have a runoff for an additional seat. Is um, that
10: right? Do you know? Do yeah, you, they're gonna I, they're gonna decide what they want to do on Tuesday. Oh, okay. The council meeting. They are uh, the treasurer, the city council member, Rossi Manukian, who. Um, Ran for treasurer and and won the position. He's no longer going to be on the council. He was a big bike supporter, um, so we're sad to see him not on council anymore. So there's an open fifth seat, and they're going to the four remaining council members are going to decide to either appoint somebody um, or do a special election for that seat. And of course, if they do a special election, it's going to cost a lot of money. So people are leaning, I think, towards appointing someone, but that's always very, you know, political, and I see sure. try to do that as well. So we will find out on Tuesday what happens. So
1: this coming Tuesday night, there's a city council yeah. meeting, and that's Tuesday when they're night. going to make the decision. Yeah. I see. So something that maybe uh, folks who are in Glendale should make a point of either being there or tuning in, because I know yeah. the city of Glendale it's broadcasts their meetings. It's
10: a big deal, and, you know, and I'm sure the council would also appreciate hearing from people if you have thoughts, strong thoughts about either way, you know, an appointment or do a special election. I um, see. I personally don't have, you know, a strong opinion on either one, but uh-huh. uh, Tuesday is a big night for that. Tuesday's
1: a big day. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Walk by Glendale has got a big, uh, has got some events coming up, right?
9: We've yes, got a we bike ride coming we, up. Um, uh, we have a Ciclovía
10: feeder ride coming up on the 21st. We're really excited about that. Uh, we will meet at the Glendale Central Park. And our Central Park is located just south of the, li- the Central Library. We will meet there at around 9 a.m. and head off around 9.30. And we're... Letting out, you know, getting the word out there, trying to get as many Glendale people to meet us in Glendale and ride together um, to Ciclovia, and then we'll ride back as well together. Um, I think that that's still in the works where exactly we're going to meet and at what time we're going to ride back. Uh Uh, But if you do come, we will let you know, and we will be happy to have you. Um, And then our next event, the following event is uh, Jewel City. Uh, bike Ride, which that's what it's called, it, um, it's hosted by the Glendale Rotary Club. Uh-huh. And, um, and we are also a co-sponsor. We're, we're um, um, co-helping them organize it as well. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that's going to be a really big ride. Let me actually check the...
1: I believe that's on May Sorry, 19th. Sorry, I don't have
10: the date exactly. It's May 19th. May 19th. That's right.
1: May 19th. I, I know because Rye asked me if I could come help. <laughs> so it's sort of burned into my brain at this point.
10: It's May 19th. There will be one. It's a it's a big it's a big like 20 mile ride um, that will happen. There's several rides. The biggest one is this 20 mile ride that's called the Gear Grinder, and uh, it's going to have a lot of hills, a lot of intense biking it's really meant for the pro cyclists out there um, but it will be very it'll be a great route and it's all the money is going to go help to fund the Rotary Club um, and also the local homeless shelter we have here called Essentia. Um, the mm-hmm. other ride we're going to have is a smaller more family friendly ride and that will happen in the morning around 9 a.m. and um, that's going to be a, just a neighborhood ride. Um, that walk by Glendale is really organizing and um, helping marshal that ride. Uh-huh. Um, and um, and all, all the fees for The fees, are, I think the gear grinder is about $35 to participate in the family ride. I believe it's about $15 uh-huh. much less. Um, and it, uh, again, it all goes to support um, Essentia and their Rotary Club. So um, fantastic. we you know are hers? really looking forward to it and we invite everybody to come. Um, outside of Glendale, inside of Glendale, um, whoever is new to cycling or professional, I think this is a great ride for everyone.
1: That sounds like a lot of fun, and yeah. and, and for a good cause to boot.
10: Absolutely. What's and not we're to really like about happy that? To be able to partner up with the other organizations in Glendale to do this ride because that's another key we see as um, being really important in our efforts to get. Um, you know, the word out on biking and walking and, and establishing good relationships in the community.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's May nineteenth. Do you know where's the uh, Do you know where's the ride starting? What's the start? Oh point yeah, right? we're
10: going to meet at Verdugo Park. It's all like the.
1: It's all at Verdugo Park.
10: Be happening at Verdugo Park. Okay,
1: which is on which is on Verdugo, right near Glendale City College, right?
10: Yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, and um, and if people want more uh,
10: info, yeah, you guys it's have on, it's on. Go ahead. Sorry, it's uh, it's on Kenyatta Boulevard. Sorry, just north of GCC Glendale College, and um, and if you have more, if you want to get more information, you can get on our website walkbyglendale.org uh, or on our Facebook page, and uh, we'll be posting more information about it in the coming weeks, and also um, our website has some info on it as well.
1: Uh huh. So you got the Livia feeder ride, and we got a, a the jewel city fun ride on the 19th any other items you want to mention real quick um, um,
10: well those are the big things and um, the, well, we've just been working we're gonna meet with the city soon to talk about some roundabout placements and um, we're looking forward to that um, uh, yes because the, the city control. got the, the and, city uh, got uh, was a big part again to help establish yeah. um, getting the funding for that that's right. And the city got Caltrans funding.
1: Cri- correct. What's that? The city got Caltrans funding to put in bike infrastructure uh, uh, around the city, and you guys are involved in in helping to plan for it and and uh, promote it, right?
10: Exactly. We want to. We're going to help with the community outreach and and um, and 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 helping them out where, where where they need help with. Can
8: you tell us and, a little um, bit about? Roundabouts and and what they do. I I know I've been on Maple and and do it, but for our listeners that don't know exactly what it is, can you explain it a little to us?
10: Um, What is a roundabout? Yeah. Well, maybe Colin, why don't you explain it? Because I think you're the expert (laughs) on
1: it. I think I think Chicken Mother was trying to get you to talk, but sure. I mean, the idea is that they're putting in uh, small neighborhood roundabouts uh, at at certain intersections um, to basically slow traffic and a roundabout is basically a, a, a round um, chunk of concrete and, and plants in the middle of an intersection that wow. um, that basically, as you approach the intersection, you have to, A, you have to slow down, and B, um, in an ideal situation, there isn't actually a stop sign. It's just a yield, and you basically you have to turn to the right and go around this thing to either go straight through the intersection, or if you're going to turn left or right, you actually have to do a circular counterclockwise motion around the roundabout to make those. And it's, um, it's considered actually much safer than even a four-way stop sign or a four-way traffic light intersection. And it's, it slows people down, and, it gets, uh, it's, and it's great for bicyclists because it basically slows everybody down to, to what I would call bicycle speed.
8: Isn't that the argument for a four-wheel drive on your car? Come on. Wait, seriously, that's that's I I've seen them on on uh, Maple, and I'm I'm being uh, the devil's advocate, but they really do work. They do, and and I we drive it, and we like to to do it in our car because it it's it's like you literally are like on a twisted road, and it kind of is cool. Yeah,
1: yeah, it slows you down. So yeah. they've got a, a the the recent. Funding that the city got, um, what's planned, as I understand it, is they're going to put in roundabouts at a bunch of uh, intersections and neighborhoods uh, around the city on key north south routes.
10: Yeah, and I'm I'm personally very excited because two of them are on the block I'm living, literally. So <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to it. And the city seems like they're motivated enough to install them without stop signs and put them, put just yield signs. So, yeah, you know, that's how they should work, and I, I'm glad to see that the city is actually has become comfortable with that idea
0: uh-huh. um,
10: because the previous roundabouts have all been with soft signs. So I haven't spoken with them in a couple months since they said they are comfortable with that, so I hope they're still leaning towards with the uh, putting in the yield sign.
1: Yeah. Devil's in the details, right?
10: Exactly. So that's one thing we're definitely going to look um, forward to um, following up on when we meet with them in a, in the next week or so. And and I have to say this, uh, you know, we we never really had this communication with the city staff. um, But now we're having a lot of meetings with them and we're finding out all this information before they actually do an installation. Because we've seen it happen way too many times where they do an infrastructure project and we either didn't know too much about it or it's too late to say anything about it. And we're trying to prevent that happening again.
1: Well, that's really good to hear. I mean, to, to basically they've they're including you, they're looping you in, whereas in the past Absolutely. they weren't. That's fantastic.
10: Absolutely. So.
1: All right, Eric. Uh, yeah. So once well, again, if people, thank you
10: guys so much.
1: Sure. And once again, if people want to know me. more about what you guys are doing, it's walkbikeglendale.org.
10: Yes, that's our website and our Facebook page is facebook.com dot slash walkbikeglendale. All right. Thank, well, thank you guys so much. Thanks it's for calling in, Eric. All Thanks right, you guys, have a great day.
1: We'll see you later. All right.
10: See you All later. right.
1: So, chicken leather. I uh, I promised a uh, local, a couple other local chapters that I would uh, uh, give a couple quick updates. Particularly, Santa Monica spoke, who are as we speak leading a apparently a massive critical mass ride in uh santa monica this is uh does
8: that mean they're they're snipping their toenails a little closer to their to the
1: no not cuticle mass it's Kitticle oh. mass yes it's children uh it's critical mass but so with they're kids snipping kids at the bud no, <laughs> no i
8: just yeah
1: they're leading they're leading a, a Kitticle mass ride this morning uh so they've definitely got their hands full but they asked us if we could uh if we could oops got to hang that up don't i well, why didn't you all say right. so that it's kids? So it's kids, kidical mass, kid k i d i c a l. Um, so anyway, they've got a ride going on right now, kidical mass. If you're in Santa Monica, look out your window; they might be going right past your place. And in oh, fact, there's going to have in. you that.
8: <laughs> I'm going to get the call. While, while. Thank
1: you, I appreciate that. Um, but they, uh, Santa Monica spoke, wanted y'all to know that. Um, okay. Hang on one second. Put that on. There we go. Yeah. It's a little. So, uh, Ciclavia, they want everybody to know that the west side and Santa Monica feeder rides to Ciclavia is going to be posted at org by uh, Sunday, 414 tomorrow. Uh, And we'll also include rides. Uh, Santa Monica Spoke Ride is going to start from the east end of Santa Monica with coffee, snacks, and a fundraiser with raffle prizes hosted by Helen Cycles. They're going to pick up riders at the Santa Monica Bike Center and the Cannon at the top of Santa Monica Pier en route to Ciclavia. Uh, They want everybody to know there's a family-oriented ride to Ciclavia beginning and ending at the Santa Monica Bike Campus which is at the end of Ocean Park Boulevard. The return ride is going to leave Ciclavia at 12.30 p.m., and it's being coordinated by Bike It, Walk It. Uh, Let's see, what else? SMC is doing a scavenger hunt at Ciclavia, sponsored by Setma Cargo and Mar Vista Farmers Market. And that's going to start in DTLA, downtown L.A., and end at Abbott Kinney. Um, and there's a, they sent me a Facebook link that I can't possibly read on the air because it's just a bunch of numbers and dashes. Uh, so go to the, go to the Santa Monica spoke.org, uh, website and I'm sure there's a link. Um, of course, Santa Monica spoke is working on a lots of bike to work week stuff and that's all in the works. And they're also going to do a feeder ride on Friday of bike week to go to bike night at the hammer. At the Hammer Museum in Westwood, that should be a big deal. They also wanted us to mention that there's a Santa Monica festival being planned for June 1st at Clover Park in Santa Monica. So mark your calendars. Um, Santa Monica Spoke is going to host a bike exhibit, rules of the road, educational talks, and a kid's rodeo. So all of this, again, is going to be at SM Spoke. Rodeo. Rodeo. Oh, is it is it Rodeo on the west side? Is that I what you're saying? I have no idea. Um, so all of this information is posted or going to be posted at smspoke.org. Um they have. They also have a Facebook uh, page, Santa Monica Spoke. Uh, you can also find um, find them on the LACBC's local chapter page. There's a link to them, and they're also on Twitter at on Twitter, excuse me, tweet, Twitter Rodale. at sm spoke at sm spoke is their handle. So it uh, looks like we have somebody else on the phone. Who do we have on the phone here?
8: Why that that would be uh, Manuel from uh, Oh. The East Side? Is it correct to say that, or is it... You, you guys don't want to be known is by is this that. Montebello? Montebello.
11: Yeah, Montebello. We're, we're part of the East Side.
8: Hi,
1: Manuel. How you doing? Hey, pretty good.
11: How are you guys doing?
1: Doing okay. I'm so glad you were able to call in this morning.
11: Yeah, barely. I was trying to call, but the lines are busy.
1: <laughs> yeah, once I have somebody on the phone... That's, we don't have multiple lines, sorry. Uh, Archaic <laughs> yeah, kill radio good, technology. Uh, well,
11: I'm glad I'm able to squeak in at the last minute, I guess. I'm <laughs> so
1: happy you called. So, Manuel, uh, Montebello by Coalition, what's going on?
11: Well, um, we have a few things going on. Most recently, we just had in uh, February uh, a public hearing uh, regarding the uh, feasibility study. So it was an opportunity for the community to voice their opinions and comments on what they want to see in the city and so we were pretty excited about that. There was a pretty good turnout. Um, and you know, the representatives from like the city staff, the planning committee and uh, also Will Den Engineering, which is uh, the contractor that's gonna be doing the study, we're both really interested in actually taking note of what we were saying. And we should be hearing, you know, within maybe a week or so some results of, of the study and hopefully we can move forward from there that's what <clears throat> that's what's happened uh as far as you know all the um uh, uh advocacy that's been going on within the city but for the events the uh tomorrow we're actually going to be having a, a little social bike barbecue thing going on um that people are interested um it's going to be a pretty to ride what's up i want to come <laughs> Tell us more. Well, you're, you're all invited, yeah. Uh, tomorrow at uh, 9 a.m., uh, we're inviting people to meet us at uh, the Atlantic Gold Line Station. That's in East LA. And from there, we're going to ride to Montebello. It's about five miles uh, to the, uh, uh, to Grantley Park, uh, which is where uh, one of the um, entrances to the Rio Hondo bike path is at.
0: Uh-huh. We're going
11: to do a, a ride to the, uh, around the Emerald Necklace. And then after that, we're going to have a barbecue. Um, so you can either meet us at Atlantic Gold Line Station, or if you want to meet us at the park, uh, the address is 600 Ray Drive, R-E-A Drive, in Montebello. And um, you can probably meet us at around 9.30, 9.45-ish to give us time to ride there. Uh, we're going to have uh, you know, burgers, tacos, veggies, veggie burgers. you know, inviting people to come out and hang out and talk about, you know, stuff. So everyone's invited to come to that. should be pretty cool.
1: Is it Bring Your Own, or are you guys feeding everybody?
11: Well, we're going to try to feed some people. Um, Okay. Obviously, we can't feed everyone, but, uh, you know, while supplies and ingredients last, we can feed as many people as we can, but we also encourage... Folks to bring dishes of their own if they want to share. So I mean, we're trying to to see uh, to see people. So hopefully there's enough.
1: <laughs> sure, it's just like Mom told you, right? You should you should you should bring you should bring at least if it's at least something to contribute. That's only the polite thing to do, right?
11: Yeah, definitely. You know? <laughs> just come share with folks and have a good time. Oh, that sounds really great.
1: So that's tomorrow yeah. morning uh, meeting at the Atlantic Gold Line station, and then you guys are going to ride from there. That sounds like a lot of fun.
11: Yeah, and so um, <clears throat> I guess after the, the whole ride, the barbecues start around 11-ish, so if folks that don't have a bike want to come and hang out and talk about, you know, bike issues and whatnot, they can meet us, you know, you can drive there, there's a parking lot, and they can just meet us there for the barbecue as well, you know, we're inviting everyone.
1: That sounds great. Yeah. Um, real quick, I, I wanted to uh, rewind briefly, is uh, you mentioned this feasibility study. What's the, What's the feasibility study for? I'm not clear on that.
11: Oh yeah, sorry about that. Um, the feasibility okay. study is uh, pretty much this this uh, a big study that's going to analyze all the streets uh, within the city limits of Montebello and try to determine what what's which, uh, which streets are um, you know best suited for bike lanes and other infrastructures uh, that would you know suit cyclists within the city. And so we're hoping you know that will show that there is a, well there is a need for bike lanes and other bike paths and bike ways in the city, and that's pretty much what it is. It's uh, analyzing, measuring the streets. um, I see. You know, measuring the traffic volume to kind of uh, decide which would be the best and safest routes for bike ways within the city.
1: I see. And you're expecting that to be out in, like, the next couple of weeks?
11: Yeah. um, We touched base with uh, some of the planning staff about maybe two weeks ago and they told us that they should be getting They're finalizing it and they should be getting the results soon so as soon as we find out about that you know we're gonna let everyone know and you know get to work and get some lanes in there or something
1: (laughs) sounds great so they're just going straight to let's figure out where we can put it and then put some stuff in possibly
11: yeah hopefully okay yeah
1: all right and then tomorrow you got a barbecue. Any other events coming up that you want to talk about? Are you guys? What are you guys doing for Cieclevia? Are you going to try, <laughs> kind of like Downey? It seems pretty ambitious to do a feeder ride, but then again, maybe not.
11: Um, yeah, it depends on the number of people. But uh, we've been planning it. Uh, we don't have like all the specifics set yet. But uh, we're planning to meet up in Montebello. Uh, the location has yet to be determined. But we're going to be riding to the Gold Line and then uh, taking the Gold Line up until about Indiana, where. Uh, the bike lanes on 1st Street start in East L.A. and then riding that to the start of the uh, Stiff Marina event because we were going to uh, I mean I guess it depends on the people that show up and if people are you know courageous enough we can probably ride all the way there but it's going to be a uh, you know, pretty long route all the way to Venice so
1: <laughs> sure sure no no <laughs> I no, <laughs> no, no I, I like to incorporate transit into my longer trips too <laughs> chicken, chicken says absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> No harm in that at all. That sounds great. Hey,
8: so yeah. uh, uh, just just one last thing. Uh, we, we've we got lots of friends that come from Montebello over to the Bike Oven, which is in um, beautiful downtown Cypress Highland and now gerrymandered to be uh, Lincoln Heights. But uh, we're, ju- we're just wondering, is there a, a, a bike collective closer to you, maybe as the crow flies, than uh, the Bike Oven in uh, in uh, Cypress Park?
11: Um. Not really, not within the city limits that I know of. It's just kind of like a, a network of people who know people who work on bikes and kind yeah. of help each other out, but that's about it.
8: <laughs> yeah, no, and you, and you bring that, uh, that's thats really essentially, I, I know that one of our uh, 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 chefs or, or muffins or whatever you, they call him over there at the bike <laughs> oven, he actually uh, lives in uh over there so he's always either bringing a bike in or taking a bike back to to one of the kids there in the neighborhood because uh, it's not so much as a lack of uh infrastructure but there's just not enough people i guess to uh um actually open a uh something like a a bike collective there in in uh, montebello
11: yeah i guess you just gotta talk about it more and get more people involved um yeah we usually what we do is know uh <clears throat> mention stuff like the bike oven and all the other um little community or around where people can go which you know isn't that close to us but it's still something where you can be amongst you know similar-minded people who can show you how to properly maintain your bike and you know keep it up and running yeah i think
8: all right think the last time i was there at, at the atlantic stop was for the the taste of east la which was uh, a, a great event but uh it was one of those things where everybody from the whole uh, Los Angeles Basin came down because of the great food and the, and the entertainment and, of course, the bike ride in the morning. So uh, it's not like you, you, you're you sort of dissected from Los Angeles. Uh, it's just that you have to just ride a little further.
11: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, <clears throat> you know, we like to incorporate rides into surrounding areas as well because it's important to uh, to have a network. So that's really what it is. You know, It's a network of co- connecting communities. Absolutely. Yep.
1: So, any any other events in the works that you might want to mention real quick before we uh,
11: yeah, wrap a couple, things up. um We're still planning some stuff for uh, bike to work day and week and month. So uh-huh. we're not, we don't have any concrete uh, stuff for that yet. But in June, we have a couple of events coming up. We're in the works of planning uh, a mayor's ride in June 9th If uh, folks want to keep that in mind, and also on June fifteenth, uh, since we're talking about Easter uh there's going to be the Bola Heights Primavera Festival, which is a uh, kind of like a, a festival to promote healthier lifestyles and active lifestyles. And there's uh, going to be lots of workshops about eating healthier and and stuff like that. But uh, part of it is going to include a little bike tour of uh, four community gardens in the area, um, Proyecto Pastoral, Jardin Abundancia, Girls Today, Women Tomorrow, and Proyecto Jardin. And at uh, each... Uh, Stop. There's going to be a little workshop. Um, I think there will be yoga, uh, juicing, and making smoothies and stuff like that. So that's another exciting thing coming up as well.
1: Cool. And you guys have yeah. a web. You guys have a website set up, or are you on Facebook right now?
11: Uh, yeah, that was Facebook. You can look us up uh, at Montebello Bicycle Coalition. I believe uh, the actual URL is facebook.com slash bike Montebello. Okay. Yeah. So people can, can go there for more there. information. If you guys have what- any uh, questions? Sorry. Cool.
1: So that people can go there if they have, if they want to get more details as you as you know them.
11: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, as soon as we find out and, and finish all the details for the, some of the events that we don't have uh, concrete details, we'll put them up there and also you know information regarding the, the analysis and the findings of the feasibility study.
1: Terrific. Mm-hmm. So, quick recap: you got a barbecue tomorrow, meeting at the Atlantic Station, and riding to the park. Uh, and then you've got some feeder rides for Ciclavia and some pending events in June. That's fantastic. Yep. Love to love to hear that. Thank you so much for calling in this morning.
11: Yeah. Thanks, guys.
1: All right. Have a good day. You too. All right. So, chicken right, leather. Well,
8: I'm, I'm looking at the clock. I know. <laughs> and seeing we're going that, over uh, time. No, but it's it's good. Uh, you can uh, hit. Play,
1: yeah. Except
8: I have something to read. Oh, well, read. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> read that first. I was, so, I was I, thinking this could be background music. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Or I something. see. I and, see. Um, we were we were supposed to get a yeah. call in, and I'm sure that she kept calling from uh, Linda of uh, oh of um, uh, the quote-unquote uh, informal sound uh, kind of uh, uh-huh. bike that's going out on Ciclavia next week. We just uh, don't know if she's calling in, but Got hey, it. here's a little music that she made over at the, the uh, Concord. Let's see if we can't just bring it up. It's Which Turntable. One? Turntable. Pull the Turntable. Okay. And that should be in the background. And, of course, this died again. It's our, very. Our, our table is old. We're, we're getting little jumps in the power right. here. Well, why but I, anyway, go ahead and well, read that. Okay, so I.
1: So I promised Daniela out at uh, the Pomona Valley Bike Coalition that um, we would uh, mention what they've got coming up because they were not in a, in a position, I don't think, to be able to call this morning. Uh, they want everyone to know that for Bike Month, they're promote, uh, partnering up with the Pomona Art Walk Association to be part of the Art Walk on May 11th. Uh, they'll be offering bike maintenance and tr- uh, trainings and workshops, bike education, uh, materials, uh, and an opportunity to create spoke cards. That sounds like fun. Um, there'll also be related bike art Uh, At the galleries. Uh, It's going to be a big event for May. Uh, And again, that's on May 11th. Uh, They're looking forward to that. Uh, They're also going to be partnering, uh, the Pomona Valley Bike Coalition is going to be partnering with the City of Pomona uh, for Bike to Work Day on Thursday, May 16th uh, at the bus station on 1st and Main. Uh, they're going to be doing a bike-to-work day, uh pit stop, I believe, uh, on that day. And um, let's see. Also, they're going to be part of the city of Covina's Public Works Day on Saturday, May 18. On Saturday, May eighteenth, there's going to be a Public Works Day in Covina. Uh, they're going to be doing some educational uh, workshops uh, there. And you have to check out their web- website for more detail, um, which I know they've got a website, but I don't have the actual site. Uh, written down here Uh, I know they're on Facebook and I think they set up a a website but if you go to the LA County Bicycle Coalition's main site la-bike.org and um, there's a link there's a tab at the top that says get involved click on that and then there's a tab for uh, local chapters and you can link to the Pomona Valley Bike Coalition from there and um, just want to wrap it up here um, Chicken Leather The uh, quick LACBC updates We are currently encouraging people to sign a petition or send letters to save the Green Lane on Spring Street in downtown LA. It's the first uh, Green Lane in the city of Los Angeles, and the city is. uh,
8: Why would they eliminate a Green Lane? The first one of all things. Well,
1: it's because it's right down the heart of the historic core of uh, of downtown LA, and the film industry likes to film there. And they, people, they don't seem to be
8: CGI it or something.
1: You would think they could. They also seem to think. That 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 downtown L A is their back
8: lot, and they I get to hire dedicate. one of those kids that, that works on a computer. Man, I think they can figure it out. Man. Yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's more you know the key to that one issue, and you can read more about it on the L A C B C website, L A bikeorg bike org. Is um is that the green bike lanes in downtown L A were uh, the result of community support. There was a the and local let's not neighborhood forget those
8: Dutch people. They yeah. came in and, and the minute they were sure. gone, they were in.
1: Sure. But the neighborhood council the neighborhood council was very strongly in support of it. The local merchants on the street were in support of it. So basically the community that, that lives and works and has businesses there supported this project. And so it's really ridiculous that the film industry is coming in and telling the city you should take this out because it's hurting our film business. I mean, meanwhile, are you, are you, meanwhile, you, yeah. they published a report in the LA Times the other day that actually says that film the filming industry and film business in this city is actually up yeah. so it sort of contradicts what they're saying yeah. um, and so we have a, we have a, a, a draft letter. Uh, that we're asking people to send, I believe, to the mayor's office. Uh, so if you go to la-bike.org, you'll find it there. And then, of course, you know, Ciclavia is coming up. The LACBC is looking to have a uh, an advocacy trailer. We're going to have a trailer that we're going to be pulling around on a bike, and it's going to be people's opportunity to sign petitions for various bike projects around the city. So when you're at Ciclavia, be on the lookout for uh, the LACBC advocacy trailer.
8: It's broken down, right? So you can help, <laughs> help tow it, right? <laughs> No,
1: we just. Um, we we're, uh, we're also really excited. We just released. We just finished a rules of the road pocket guide. I saw that, and um, we're going to be giving a bunch of them to Ciclevia, and they're going to have them at I believe all of the hubs, and then they're also going to be available at uh, the LACBC is going to have a booth in Culver City, so uh, pick up your copy of the uh, the uh, rules of the road pocket guide. It's a bilingual pocket guide, English and Spanish, um, and it fits in your pocket
8: so the, the, the idea is also that the we're just you know I'm telling you right now Ciclavia the route has changed it's going to be to the sea
1: downtown LA to Venice and Beach
8: I know that if you get on public transportation there are some maps we have a few here, and we'll have a link. I think LACBC probably has a link on their website to the to the new route, right?
1: Um, I don't know if we have a link to the new route. Well, but we, but you should. you could. I'm sure we have a link to Ciclavia.org. There you go. And that's and, the new and, route. And it'll be there. You go to Ciclavia.org, and I'm sure it's not going to be hard to find no, that and, new and route.
8: As you heard, there's going to be feeder rides. I think it all meets downtown at...
1: Well, there's, there's. I mean, it depends on which way you're coming from. But the uh, the downtown hub is uh, there's actually two downtown hubs. There's one at City Hall, and there's that's where the one, dog
8: and pony show is probably going to happen. And there's also the,
1: the El Pueblo hub, which is basically Alvera Street, I believe. Right. Um, but there's there's hubs. Um, there's various hubs all along. There's a Macarthur Park Hub, a Normandy Hub, a Mid City Hub, Cadillac, Culver City, Mar Vista Farmers Market, and then Venice Hub, which is at the Windward Circle. So what, in, he, what uh, he's Venice. trying to say
8: is it's going eastward this time. We're actually going to the west side too.
1: Well, again, it depends on where you're starting wow. from. It's all on your perspective. There's more miles. It? I love
8: it. It's like yeah, 20 it's like some miles. It's now. like
1: yeah, it's like fifteen or so one way. Yeah. So it's a pretty ambitious route. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that goes, and that's a week from tomorrow, April twenty-first. So, uh, uh, if you haven't uh, if you haven't checked your bike out, pump up those tires and check your brakes.
8: And with that being in mind, there's a lot of bike collectives, including the Bike Oven, that's going to be doing uh, impromptu kind of clinics all week long. So come on, bring your bike, and we'll try and see. Along with the bike kitchen and microwave. And I'm sure there's other ones, the Green Bike Program, Bike Sans, and all these people are going to be out there for your uh, kind of thing. Even some of the bike shops are, are doing double duty to help you out with getting you back on the road for a bike. So if you now pull up Turntables, I think it's up. Okay. This is a little bit from the Concorde and we still aren't here. No, no, it's here. I'm and here. this is a little bit of just a taste. I think Linda was here that night. I don't know if this is her band. I think this is De Cien. But but... Um, this is this is them playing in the background. She's going to be with her. I guess somehow they've electrified a bicycle, and they're going to be playing music the whole route. Let's that listen. That sounds like fun. As we end bike talk here on Kill Radio and KPK on the podcast. Thank you, Colin. Thank you.